Secret. All right, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Behind the Scenes podcast for PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast. Uh, what you're listening to now is usually what uh, we all do. We all get together in the background here before we go live at 7 o'clock. Right now it's about 6.45, so you got 15 minutes of behind the scenes with us. So if you don't want to listen to this and you want to go straight to our podcast, just forward 15 minutes and you'll be listening to our regular podcast. Now, obviously, we're live, so you have to wait until this goes on the podcast and you can forward it for 15 minutes. Anyway, who do we have on right now? We have Linda Anderson. Hello. We've got uh, Kevin Can Fly. We have JP Tulo, Tommy Mosley, and our guest tonight, we have Mark. How's it going, Mr. Mark? It's going very good. Thank you. All right. So this is all behind the scenes. So we'll just continue behind the scenes like we normally do. Um, all right, Mark. Um, when 7 o'clock rolls around and we go live on uh, ClearProp TV, uh, we'll go ahead and introduce everybody, you know, the, the correct way. This was just introducing everybody to the behind the scenes. And uh, if you are listening to this behind the scenes, uh, give us a thumbs up. Give us a five-star rating on, on uh, whatever podcast app you are using. Uh, JP is actually giving us a, uh, a thumbs up. Oh, Brian Waller. Waller in the mud. Hey, you got it right Woo! this week. Woo! Hey. Hey. <laughs> What's up, guys? How's it going? Mr. Waller in the house. All right. Yeah. All right. like everybody's right. in a jolly mood tonight, huh? We are always in a jolly mood. Happy that you got to join us, man. Wait. We were, we were worried for, for a moment, you know? Yeah, JP's driving home from work. I just got on myself. Yeah. I'm running way behind, so you have to excuse me. Yeah, you are our IT guy. Will you be able to IT us tonight? I will in about 25 minutes. Uh, oh, no, 25. We're going to be going like uh, 10. I know, I know, I know. Um, give me a quick background real quick. Are you? Is this the guy that uh, crashed into the lawn, into the bushes that I saw on the link this afternoon, or is this something else? Yeah, this is the one that we um, that we posted on our, 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 our chat. Yeah. Yeah, he had the crash, the crash on the lawn. Yeah, the one that um, broke his hip and then he broke his yeah, hip. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he had to get it replaced again. Man, you're just going through all sorts of mess, aren't you, Mark? Jeez. No, now that is not me. Yeah, I didn't think that doesn't look like you. Where, where was the... No, mine, mine was the one that just crossed. crashed in the front yard. Okay, that's then. right. Then I don't have your the correct video. Can you send me that correct video real quick to um, uh, on Messenger, Mark? I think um, I don't. I think the only place I have that video is strictly on YouTube. I can share that if you can get me a link to it. That's that's what I need is a link to that. Okay. Do you have? A, you have to wait twenty minutes first. Do you have a link to it by any chance? <laughs> JP knows how to do all that. He's like the video guru over here, man. Oh. Oh. Can anybody like, that what's, video? I got it. Can anybody else? What's your username? Mark? What's your username on YouTube? Paralife PPG will bring it up.
you doing, Brian? <laughs> Sorry, my dog was slurping up a bunch of water, making some oh, noise. Oh, that's what it was. I, I, had, to, <laughs> I had to mute it. Brian. It's all good. <laughs> that's funny. Now you're having a slurpee over there. Yeah, it's not me. I'm, is it I'm, Mark, blaming, I'm blaming on my dog. Is it Mark McElroy? Here it is. Yes, yeah. Mark Mark McElroy. Crashed my okay. air motor. Okay, okay. I think the one yes, that, that's I, it. that I shared was the one that we are going to have like the next week. So, my bad. My bad. No worries. Can you uh, do me a favor, Sean, and put a link to that video in our private chat so I can... As soon as I get home, I'll hop up and put it on. Yeah. I can't do much from my phone, unfortunately. I, I, <laughs> there, there's the link, everyone. And while we're all looking at the channel, let's subscribe. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Hair Life Ranch. I'm already Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got 370 views right now on that. So I wonder what um, wonder what this show will bring you. I think we're going to do it. I wonder if I should put it on my my big main channel instead of my PBG Grandpa channel. No, it's too late <clears throat> for today. Oh, so anyway, oh. We need to. Um, Add this, um, this uh, podcast to your other channels, guys. Oh yeah, can you uh, record this, guys? Can you uh, hit that record button down there? Do you have a record button to record this to your um, your computer? Brian, you got a computer, right? Uh, I'm on an iPad, man. And how about you, Linda? You're on a computer. Can you uh, can you hit um, record and record? Oh God. Are you asking Linda to do a technical thing? <laughs> I already have it. It already says recording on the. Oh, oh good, good, good. good. <laughs> yeah, my me well. Are you asking Linda to do that technical thing? No. Apparently she can do it. That's awesome. Well, yeah, it says recording up there. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know how it got up there. <laughs> yeah, mine says the same thing in the top right hand corner of the screen. It just says oh. REC. That means someone's recording it. That doesn't mean. Yeah, I know. I know this iPad's memory is full, so okay. it won't fit on here. You should be able to record it to um, um, the cloud, which you have. Ad, you, you guys, my my normal group has admin rights. You should be able to go into Zoom and uh, check it all out. We are actually live now on Podbean, so everybody that's on Podbean right now, welcome to the seven minutes before the actual live show. Uh, this is the seven minutes in heaven. This there it is, seven minutes of heaven. Uh, seven minutes of behind the scenes, and you guys are able to listen to this. If you don't want to listen to this, just set a timer for five minutes. Alexa, set a timer for five minutes, and uh, come back in uh, five minutes until you're ready to start the show. Hi, Alexa. Yeah. Just My Alexa just did it. Darn Alexas, they're everywhere. I'm so glad I've got headphones on. My Alexa's not going off right now. <laughs> <laughs> So tonight we are going to be talking with Mark. He had a, a crash and apparently I posted the wrong crash video 
on the uh, messenger today, so I'm so sorry about that. Sean, you you should be able to play it on your side, right? The video. You know, you're talking about technical things. And <laughs> See, I don't feel so bad. I thought I was like the only one that can't figure half of this. There's like technical. I'm things. I'm worse than Sean. Here, so, so. <clears throat> I didn't want to say the S word on, you know. Um, then I'd have to put money in the swear jar or something. <laughs> well, yeah. I need to learn how to do it. I actually don't own a computer. I need to buy one soon. Um, I think so. Yes, Brian. I think you should. They're not I need that expensive. For, I need it for video processing really bad. I am yeah. posting the link to our ClearProp TV private chat. And my admins already are in this one, so I'm not going to post it to our admin chat. There you go. Got it. Got it. Okay, so now that I got the Bluetooth headphones connected, do you guys have good audio from me? Yeah. Great audio. Great yeah, audio. crystal clear here. Right on, okay. Our instructor's back. That's nice. Yeah, wow, we, was... we really missed you last time. I mean, we, we really needed you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we did. We did. It was, it was I mean, we, we, we pulled it off, you know, without Kevin. <laughs> We did, but it was kind of like, dang. Like all good all. instructors, every now and then I got to let you struggle on your own. Oh. You don't want to ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ever want to do that again. Lesson learned that time. <laughs> all right. Well, it is called Clear Prop TV, so that might have been a prop strike. Yeah, we're winging it. Get it? Uh, winging it. <laughs> Whose dog is that? Puppy. Can you see my dog? Okay, I'm trying to see if I can figure out how to screen share for you. Oh, I'm screen sharing. Can oh, someone else figured it out. Okay, cool. The grandpa did it. Oh, now, man. Let me give man. you a little words of advice, Sean. If you have any porn, close it. Nope. It'll find it <laughs> a way to display. Nope, you get to see everything. You get to see. You see. <laughs> Dude on dude. You see Granny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> grandpa on grandpa porn. <laughs> granny on granny. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Um, I assume this is it. Is this correct, Mark? Can you see this? Yes, it is. All right. So you go up, you turn to the side, and boom, I see a prop going up. Yeah, that prop went through the wing. It looked like it. Oh, no. Oh, Good man. Nice. Now, Sean, uh, if you, before you screen share, it, there's two boxes at the bottom of the window. Okay. Um, one of them says optimize video and the other says uh, share screen audio. Optimize. If you go back and reshare the screen and only click the optimize video and don't click the share audio, it. it'll make the video smoother All right. when you share it with us. That was a bunch of jargon. What? <laughs> he said there's less bandwidth and the video will run smoother. I'm like, what? Does that run smoother? Yeah, it's looking good there. Wish we could zoom. Hmm. So you take off. So I see the problem right off. Well, yeah. there's your problem. Well, there's your problem right there. Right 
That's your problem. You you're laying that? on the ground. That's the problem. <laughs> when your instructor says you got to keep running, you, you you stopped the running when you laid on the ground. That doesn't really work for taking off. <laughs> it looks like he had a little pendulum effect there. So he came up, the wing is off to the left, then he's running to the right, then he's in the air, and he's really still on the side, and boom. You didn't so get from, really, really sideways. So from what I see, is the wing comes up, and it comes a little off center. And then he does a great job of coming under the wing to correct it, but a little bit too aggressive, which enters into an oscillation at the same time as he committed to power and flight. Well, and, mm-hmm. and also so, for for some for a, just another mistake that I made was I, I you can see in that part of the video where I I I pulled right brake and I just kept it pulled. Uh, when I ran left and pulled right brake to bring the wing back center, I just kept that right brake pulled and uh, drove it in the ground. Looks like you're on a hill. Is, is that is that what I'm seeing? The hill? It it is a very little hill. Okay. It's mainly flat there. <clears throat> I guess it's just the fish. I think. Are we live, Sean? Um, it is. We're about to start. Yeah, about two minutes. Three minutes. Yeah, we got about a, a minute or so. <clears throat> Just keep that video queued. We'll replay it and go back over it once we get back into the show. But Mark, you didn't have any injuries from that? No, sir. Just as pride. Just, 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 just my wallet. Just my wallet only. Yeah. Just the prop and prop and pride. What, what prize are you running? That's bad enough. Exactly. Right. Hey, Mark, I think I missed the question. Yeah, what JP asked. Was yeah. Was it a wood uh, That was a helix. A helix? No, that was a helix, and uh, I replaced mm-hmm. it with an E-prop. About $400? Yes, sir. So I have to ask, now that you've gone from a helix to an E-prop, what's your preference? Um... I feel like I really don't, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, I've watched Tucker's video where he was comparing props and, um, you know, hearing about him spinning up a little bit faster and stuff, but I have not been, I didn't get my wing back from Paratour till this afternoon. So I've been flying somebody else's wing ever since I crashed. Hard to make a comparison without uh, apples to apples. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys, we are live on YouTube. Everyone that's uh, been listening to our stream, we are actually live, live now. Live, live, live. We are going to be even liver er, er, um, <laughs> to paratalk.org so you can listen to us if you don't want to watch our ugly mugs. But if you think that we're halfway decent and cute, go over to clearproptv.com and you will be able to see all of us here. I am your host, Sean Simons, a.k.a. PPG Grandpa. We got Linda Anderson in the house. Woot, woot, woot. Kevin can fly. We got hey, Brian Waller, like Waller in the mud. I call him Waller, he, he'll, he'll, he'll yell at me. We got JP Tulo. He's driving home. He is our IT guy. So until he gets home, I'm going to try to be the IT guy. Oh my gosh. And never trust that skinny chef, Mr. Shane. Boop, boop. <laughs> 
<laughs> hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. I think he's got that. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to get he's looking hot down there. I'm telling you, you're looking good there. And of course, uh, Tommy Moe, he is my XC partner going to XC places doing some XC crazy stuff. I think this weekend we're actually going to be flying over to Denny's and getting a grand slam with my art card. But enough about me and enough about my crew. Today we have Mark Elroy as our wonderful, incredibly awesome host or um, uh, our guest. We have him. He is, he crashed his paramotor, dude. And we have it on film. So we're going to go over the film today and uh, film our beta. Our Super 8. I'm sorry. We got his video because we're in you know, uh, year 2020, not 1988, right? So uh, even though that was a good year, I enjoyed that. That's what we went into the military. But uh, Mr. Mark Elroy. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank tell, you for joining tell us. A little bit about yourself, Mr. Mark. Um, where did you go to school? How long have you been flying? And we'll get into your paramotor crash here in just a moment. Um, in the middle of February, I went to Kalmatula out in Corpus Christi, Texas at Power to Fly and uh, spent two weeks out there on the beach with him learning to fly and uh, finished up at the end of February and came back home to Georgia. And how long have you been flying to date? Uh, just from February to last night I flew. So you are a very, very newbie, 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 newbie. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a total of 30 flights with 16.7 hours. Okay, cool. What kind of um, motor and wing do you have, just to, so we so we know what you got? I have a Power to Fly Titan with a Moster 185 My 20 uh, with an Apco Lift EZR wing. And what part of the country are you are you living in? Um, I'm close to an hour south of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and just live out in a rural area. Okay, okay. So um, I contacted you because we all seen your video of you crashing, and uh, you reached out to us too, and we're like, hey, how about you just jump on our podcast real quick and uh, and tell us all about it. So um, before we actually play it, hey, Pam, I'm going to put you on mute real quick because um, we can hear you turn. Uh, Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Here's turn signals going. I'm sure our, our listeners are like, what is going on over there? Are, are they driving? Yeah, we have got a big bus. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've been, I, I can't find us on uh, YouTube live yet. Go to clearproptv.com. I did. Yeah, I got a notification. It's on. I already shared it to a few people. I will try again. Yeah, it just came out on my phone. YouTube live right now, so okay. yeah, Peter Motor Razor's there, Brian Waller, um, I'm Dino, <clears throat> uh, Kevin Kavly, and of course, Grandpa's on there too. So, yeah, um, depending on where we are, it's not because it's not gonna be on the same channel all the time. Uh, you always go to clearproptv.com, and that is where we are going to be going live because we want to share this, we want to, uh, you know, let y'all. Uh, host us. 
So if you are a, uh, a flying, oh shoot, you know what I did? I forgot to put your, your thing on pause. So I, we just went to YouTube to, to, to share your video and it's already on something else. Shoot, it's on Tucker guy. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. YouTube. But um, anyway, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the accident, what happened, and um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play this here in just a moment. Well, we were taken off across my property, which is a 400 foot wide section. And that was the first time I had taken off that direction. There's about a four and a half foot tall horse fence on either side. And it's like I said, it's 400 feet wide. And I pulled the wing up and the wing comes up and it, it went a little bit left. I pulled some right brake and started to run to the left a little bit but I never let the wing settle down and I was at full power and I didn't get off that right brake. And when I jumped in the seat, it just, the whole thing turned right and I literally drove it in the ground. I think that we have more than one view. What, what views do we have on this uh, clip that we're gonna show here in a moment? Um, there's, there's a view from a camera in the yard there's a view from my helmet and there's also one view from my foot huh. a foot cam all right that sounds fun all right let's go ahead and uh share this real quick let me know if y'all can see it i can see it it's good to go so when you go to mark's channel and you see the crash He's going to be talking about his crap. There he is. What's up? That's some good. There he is. That's some good high definition camera you got there, buddy. Thank you. Let me go ahead and move it forward. What are you What are you saying on this video? Let's go ahead and try to condense this uh, video just a little bit. What are you saying here? Uh, just at the beginning, I just talked a little tiny bit about you know about the the layout there and showed the layout and uh, and then just went into the video of the actual crash okay so here we go we can see in the background here i wish i could zoom in i don't know how to do that um live here but let's go ahead and hit play and we see your wing going up it's off to the right looks right like right there you corrected and then you continue to pull the right brake you said right so you turned off to the right yeah you jumped up in yeah the that that was the mistake and then as soon as it touches the ground, boom, the prop goes up and it looks like right through your wing. Yeah, it sent a piece of the prop through the wing. Now, were you injured on this particular uh, paramotor crash? No, not at all, not at all. So let's go ahead and uh, talk to some of our panel real quick. Uh, Kevin can fly. He is our instructor that we have on here. Are you on, Mr. Kevin? Yes, sir. I'm here and ready. All right. So tell me, what is what is your uh, take on this? So in a nutshell, it was a rush takeoff. We can basically see, like you said, the wing comes up and it starts off a little bit to the left. And Mark does a great job of doing the correction and bringing the wing back overhead. 
one of the things I tell my students is not to be too aggressive because otherwise it sends the wing the opposite way. So you're correcting one side, then you're correcting another and you're chasing corrections. So it, it, it looks like he was just a little bit aggressive with straightening the wing out. And at the same time, he committed to his takeoff and there was a little bit of a, a disconnect in the finesse, I guess you'd say. So well, lots of lessons to take away. The biggest one, I think, is not to rush getting off the ground until everything is stable. And we talked before we went live, and it looks like you are on a big hill here. But tell us, what does the property actually look like when you're not looking through a fisheye lens? The, the property has a, a slope downhill. You can see there that it, it goes downhill some, but it's not nearly as drastic in real life. There you can see that it's relatively flat from there all the way across the property is, is pretty flat. But, but he's exactly, you know, he's exactly right. Uh, and that was the whole purpose of making the video and showing everybody is that hopefully somebody new like myself would realize, because I haven't had any trouble taking off uh, at all, but that's exactly what it was. The wing came up and I never gave it a chance to settle down and make sure that it was stable. I just stabbed the gas and jumped in the seat anyways and, and that's what caused the accident. See, I like, <clears throat> excuse me, I like to instruct the students and tell them that they should consider the launch a three-part process. So number one being a good inflation Number two is getting to 30, 40% power to taxi. And then from the taxi, that's the point where we decide whether we're flying or whether we're aborting. And then if we're going flying, that means the wings overhead, everything looks good. The motor sounds good. We commit to full power. We go power, posture, pressure, three, five steps, and off we go. So. Yeah, that was exactly exactly where I messed it up was was not uh, not not making sure it had stabilized, you know, and, and I was committed way too early and there was no reason to rush it. That fence is like I said, it's 400 feet wide and these things climb so fast. I shouldn't have been worried about that fence on the other side of the property. I believe they call that a kamikaze. Uh... Give it, give it gas and hope for the best. There's some frames. Yeah, that was, that was it. You can do that on, but some frames you can't. And uh, with you breaking a prop, probably isn't a frame that you can do that on. Were you able yeah, to? Yeah, I mean, at the, at Were you able to repair it? Yeah, at the end of the video, I show the damage that was done. And I mean, it got, it got a quarter of the hoop. It got the netting, one carbon fiber spar, the prop, obviously. But the worst part was, is it bent the main part of the frame, the back, the back support bar. It kinked that pretty good. And um, I actually, I'm a welder by trade, so I actually had to cut that part out and re-weld in another section. Yeah, if you go a little bit further, it shows it from the back. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was an expensive lesson. <laughs> so if you're a welder by trademark and you're in the South Georgia area, if one of the uh -oh. pilots in the community needs to get a hold of you for a repair, how do they get a hold of you? Um, it would it would just have to be somebody that I would be helping out. I don't uh, I weld for a big company, and so if I was helping somebody out, they could message me. Um, but I don't do anything for a living, you know, outside of my real job. Sure, that would be my understanding of the expectation as well. Was that an aluminum or titanium frame that you welded back up? Uh, that power to flight Titan is all titanium. Okay. Well, you got some skills to weld some titanium then. That's what I was thinking. Uh, it just has to be clean and in a uh, protected environment. Other than that, it's, it's all the same, honestly. Very right, humble. So let's go ahead and. Uh, Paramotor Crazy asked a question from the chat, and he says, what? As an instructor, how many flights do you think a new pilot should make that start putting these cameras and filming on their flights? Would you recommend that they focus? So I, I didn't want to make that joke straight away, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing between a foot cam, helmet cam, and one in the yard. You know, it seems not, not, not to pick on you, Mark, particularly, because you're definitely not singled out in this. It does seem like there's an excessive amount of students that watch Tucker Got videos or watch PPG Grandpa videos that take a lot of inspiration from YouTube. And then the first concept that they get is when I go fly, I'm going to be that rock star, have that Superman complex and record it, film it, get it from all angles, edit a A plus video with backlighting and overlays and freaking all of the good stuff. And I think it really comes down to the person individually who's doing the flying. Some people have a hard time just tying their shoes. And some people can drive a stick shift while on the phone with a soda and smoking a cigarette. So it really just depends on each individual person. But I think first and foremost that the flying should be number one. And then anything extracurricular to your flying should be. Oops. Uh -oh. I pushed the wrong button. Sorry, Kevin. Go ahead and un unmute. I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to pin you to the front here so we can watch you talk. Well, I was just saying that, you know, it, 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 it doesn't really matter to me in regards of whether you've been flying for 10 minutes or 10 years. If your focus is not priority number one on the flying, on the task at hand, then that's the definition of what we call complacency. And complacency is the number one reason why guys get hurt or killed in this sport they lose focus of what is actually serious and the actual seriousness is what gets us hurt. You know, that, that's a really good takeaway. I didn't even think about that. There are a lot of people that, um, you know, want to be like Tucker got that wants to, you know, um, do a video and uh, show his wing overs and all that stuff. He's Sean Simons. He's got the Corona. But, you know, I, 
when I first started, the only thing I had was a chest cam and I turned it on and I forgot about it. My thing was like, all right, I'm just going to fly. And for the first four months, if you remember, I was uh, flying at about 2,000 feet and never even touched my trims, never touched my, my uh, chip string. Uh, to me, I wanted to get comfortable with it. And yeah, I, I videoed, but I didn't have anything on my helmet. I was just right there and I just forgot about it. But that is a really good point though. You know, when people are starting, they do want to record their flights. I mean, that's one of the most interesting things about this sport is looking down at our world at, and just seeing our feet. You know, I mean, you can't do that in an airplane or a helicopter. Pretty much only a paramotor can you do such a thing. Um, so I wonder, and since we have a pretty broad uh, panel right now, let's go ahead and ask the panel, and let's also ask the people in the chat, at what point, when you started doing paramotors, did you put on a camera? And at what point did you go to two cameras? Let's go ahead and uh, talk with I'll, Brian I'll up on that one. real quick, because Brian Miller, he had a really good video of him kicking a hay barrel. So how long did it take for you to uh, get a camera and go to more than one cameras? Or how, how did that work with you? So I fly with a GoPro. It's been strapped to my helmet the whole time. Um, I have yet to get my phone out of my pocket or anything like that and take a selfie. I'm just scared of dropping my phone. Uh, I probably didn't put a GoPro on my helmet until uh, probably after I got back from training. I was probably flight 27 my first flight back home. Oh, okay. All right, um, JP, uh, you, um, you fly a lot. Um, when did you put on a camera and did you ever go to more than one camera? Honestly, uh, I don't know that I've ever flown without a camera. Ever since the first day at training, even when st starting uh, kiting, I had a GoPro uh, strapped onto my, my forehead before I got my helmet. And then uh, when I got my helmet, the camera was just, the camera was just part of my gear. And uh, so it, I learned, I guess, with that, it never became a, uh, an additional variable because it was always in the equation. And uh, it's not like you mess around and you worry about the focus and this and that. This was something I start before the flight and forget it's there. Um, the only thing you really have to be care cautious of is not um, you know, wrapping it around your lines if you're doing a reverse launch or something like that. Other than that, uh, pretty much forget it's there. But for me, um, I, I think it was really helpful because on so many instances, I can go back and look and see if, if I clip in wrong or something, or if, uh, you know, if I had a wonky launch or if, you know, something happened midair or my landing was weird. I've gone back and analyzed videos on so many instances and I really think uh, it's helped me in a lot of ways. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know if anybody's ever played football or uh, anything like that. We used to watch film on Sundays after, you know, a Friday game and you go through and you analyze everything you did, how your form was, what you could have done differently. And uh, for me, I, I think that, has made me a better pilot. Um, I'm not sure if it's good for everyone. I think it does add another thing going on. And if you're at your limit already for things going on, because there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going through your head on that first uh, flight. Um, but for me, it wasn't too much. I had my instructor in my ear and uh, 
the GoPro on top of my helmet wasn't even really a variable uh, as far as too much going on in training and stuff. And, you know, like I said, it's always been there. So it's uh, just something that I've kind of gone to, you know, it's like breathing. You don't even think about it. It's just there. And, you know, the, the one rule of flying that I've uh, recognized from other pilots is if something bad happens or something crazy happens, it happens when you don't have a camera with you. So if you always have a camera with you, you're golden. <coughs> well, there's a, there's an a exception. Bit, <laughs> a little bit tongue in cheek, but Jason, I beg the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but if something uh, bad does you. happen, you want to have your camera because this yeah. is why we're here. We're able to analyze right now. We're able to look at your form and look at what happened. And, you know, that's the good thing you have from having 14 different camera angles of this accident is that uh, we're able to look back at Mark, uh, his situation, his launching spot, you know, the field he was going from, uh, you know, analyze the equipment, what he could have done differently. And, and now we're sharing that with the community. And I, I think the community as a whole is better for having, uh, you know, a couple cameras on this. So take that for what it's worth. I, I agree. Um, I don't know where Tommy went, but let's go ahead and go to Shane real quick. Uh, Shane, you fly a lot. Uh, actually, he and I have been flying about the same time from November of last year. So, uh, Shane, um, when did you put on your first video camera? And have you, are you just on one? Do you have more than one? Do you have a chase cam? I started out with my chest cam. Um, it's my GoPro. Uh, I actually went out and got the iPro are the go the iPhone Pro 11 Max whatever whatever go yeah. yeah sure anyways and then uh, I I it's on my chest I hit record and mainly I don't record every flight I only um, record them in case something happens and uh, it really I tried the chase cam and I do not like how the uh, chase cam pulls on the brake lines feels like a fish biting on the end of a fishing line the entire time. You have your so, chase cam connected to your brake line? Yeah. I hate to say it, but you're doing it wrong. It's supposed to come off the sea lines, not the brake lines. The sea lines. Well, either which way. I don't do it anymore because <laughs> I can't stand it. I don't like it. So it's I don't just like too much. chase cam either. It's too much <laughs> trouble. Um, the one on my chest, I can literally just hit record and fly for an hour and a half and record the whole thing and not even have to worry about um, looking at looking at it unless somebody calls me, which I just bought. I returned this, the the uh, generic Cena and bought the new Cena uh, twenty Evo. So That's, we have the wonderful PPG cheerleader in the chat, Sean Moore, mm. and Sean Moore. <laughs> I like using my camera for every flight because it's great documentation if anyone ever questions my flight, which is a great point to make because great I point. myself have been re reported multiple times to the FAA to the point where I now have a great working relationship with our inspector here at the local office. If you have a GoPro and you record or uh, camera alike, I shouldn't just say GoPro, 360 cam, whatever, and you record your, your flight, from the time you take off to the time you land, even if it's just like you said, push the button, don't even know it's there, go fly and forget to turn it off until you're driving home in the car and look down, see the light flash and go, oh, oops. If you ever get that reporting 
and someone shows up and knocks on your door and says, here's your summons. You did something wrong. You then have the ability to not go to court and defend a false negative. So you, it's your burden to prove you didn't do something. If someone says you made me fall off a horse, you made me crash my car. They might be valid in the part 91 regulation that says persons and property. But if you can prove with your flying that I was more than a thousand feet in altitude and I was at least 3000 feet away from that particular road, then your argument to a judge is nullified because you can show him, Hey, look, I was playing by the rules. I was showing the cause. And if you're the kind of idiot that is paying more attention to birds in the sky than the road in front of your car, that's a you problem. That's not a, that's not a we problem, but without that GoPro, it's going to be difficult to explain to the judge that you on your rag and your butt fan are responsible when his point of view is the activity in its own right may itself be irresponsible because they don't understand it. So that's just a great point to take away. What's your thought about the sky fly high and keeping track of, you know, all your uh, metrics too? Yeah, the more information that you have to defend yourself, I mean, it's like everyone's ever heard whoever had a computer job at work. CYA, CYA, cover your as, and then you don't have to worry about those kind of things coming to bite you. If you always cover yourself and you have at least one blanket, you know, that's that military saying, one is none and two is one. So if you have the sky fly high and the video recording, you not only have one proof, but two proofs to say, look, I have proof. Everything I did was good. I was in the right airspace, doing the right thing at the right altitude. Well, Mark, I, I think that um, you having three video cameras is, uh, is okay then. I, I think that we got it. Uh, Tommy looks like Tommy's back. So let's go ahead and ask him real quick. Um, when did you start uh, flying with a camera and how many cameras did you end up with? Um, I, I didn't fly with a camera for free flight. Uh, I figured anything going wrong on a launch, catching up line, you know, thermic winds coming up a mountain could throw me into a tree. So uh, but whenever I got on my motor, I guess it was about flight four or five. I started using my phone. It was in my flight. I think we're video or take a picture. It was tethered the entire time. So, I, you know, if I did drop it, it, you know, it's tethered to my harness. Um, I just recently strapped one of uh, your GoPros on my chest, and uh, it's, it was extremely convenient. You can just hit a button, you're good. Hit a button, you're off. Um, I didn't really, to be honest with you, I forgot to turn it on a few times. I forgot to turn it off a few times. It's, it's, I don't pay much attention to it. There's too much up there to look at, and you know, I, I want to get a, I want to get a GoPro. I, I really think I want a helmet mount, uh, just for. I mean, it's hard to explain to people what you're doing up there, and, and GoPro footage gives it no justice whatsoever. But you know, to be able to go to somebody that you know, my mom, and say, "Mom, look what I did this weekend," and to be able to see her neighborhood from the sky and it's just it's incredible to be able to share this with people but i, I don't i don't think i'm gonna you know especially this landing that, that we did this weekend sean uh chase cam i think that's they've always kind of creeped me out i've always been worried about them going through the lines uh catching a tree catching a power line you know it, it'd have to be 
I'm sure at some point I'll, I'll get a 360 cam that I can pull out and sit on or something like that. But right now I'm just more worried about just, uh, you know, being able to show my friends and family, you know, what I'm doing. That's, that's good. Yeah. So in the, in the chat, <clears throat> yeah. super student says that part 91 does not apply to the paramotor community, which I do agree with. I just wanted to address the fact so that way the people in our audience understand the clarity of my statement. <clears throat> I'm holding the far aim. I'm going to read to you section 91.119 subsection A, which is the one and only part 91 subsection that applies to paramotoring. But subsection A reads anywhere an altitude allowing if a power unit fails in emergency landing without undue hazard to persons or property on the surface. That is the one and only part 91 rule that we have to abide by. We cannot put persons or properties at risk. So that's one thing I wanted to clarify when it comes to the part 91 rules. Yes. We have to be careful. Um, and also too, it's a felony to mess around with uh, cattle and uh, farm animals and stuff. So if you swing down and, and uh, you do something and spook the cattle, that's actually a felony, even though that we're under part 103. So we gotta be careful what we do. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fine line between the, the 91 and the 103, because you gotta think about it too, general aviation, um, you know, when it comes to who's, who's, who has the right of way. So you have the general aviation that has who has the right of way. Then we have the uh, uh, FAR 103 who has right of way. So us as PPG, we have to yield to all other vehicles. And if they're unpowered, like a uh, paired uh, glider, we have to yield to them. Um, in general aviation, they have to what? They have to um, yield to all other traffic or what is it, um, Kevin? So in, in general aviation, it's always by category of importance, which basically in a nutshell says, whoever got there first has priority, except in the event that it's a controlled airspace and then the controller controls it. We do have the ability to fly in the controlled airspace. A lot of people have a misconception about that. We can fly into a class Delta airspace, an over class Delta airspace, all we want. The one requirement we have to have is you have to obtain the weather information. So you have to know what runways they're using and, and the general information for the airport. And then you have to maintain two-way communication. Two-way communication can be a phone call from your cell phone through your Cena to the tower. Two-way communication can be on the radio talking to the tower with your radio. So in a nutshell, we can basically do what we want as long as we stay out of the class Charlie ring. You just have to know your airspace, know where you are, and be able to communicate that properly in the right areas. What if we are flying in uh, G or E airspace, which we're allowed, it's not controlled, and a uh, general aviation airplane comes up behind us? Let's just say, hypothetically, <laughs> who is at fault at that particular point? The airplane. I still think... I like that answer. We would still kind of messed up. You're going to lose. It's like it's like it's like asking a question on a, on a motorcycle. It's like saying the guy runs the red light and t-bones you. Who's at fault? Well, the guy who ran the red lights at fault, but you're still the loser. 
That's, that's, that's true, but also under Part 103, I mean, it also says that we have to yield to um, other other uh, airplanes, you know, other aircraft out there. So if he's coming up behind us, even though we can't see him, does that mean that we did not? No, see, it's if you go back and you if you if you do read through the Part 91 rules, there is ex an expected subsection for overtaking, and there is a determined behavior for overtaking another aircraft, and so it basically comes down to rules versus courtesies. So there are rules for overtaking, but then there's also general courtesies. So if an airplane is coming into land and you're coming into land and he's much faster than you are, courtesy would dictate that you just make one, maybe two, three sixties, give him the, the opportunity to get out of your way because he's going to be much quicker to do that than you are. The rule, if you want to say by the argument of the rules, if you make your radio calls, your official calls to the airport, and you're on an official downwind, official crosswind, official base, or official final, then you have priority, and that other airplane has to then make the 360 or make maneuvers to then create space for you. The landing aircraft has priority, and that doesn't matter if you're a PPC, a PPG, a glider, or an airplane. The airplane or glider or whatever that announces an emergency takes all priority, and then they have the one and only right to violate any FAR that they deem necessary to get a safe arrival on the ground. And then you may have to explain your violations, and as long as your violations are good, then you can simply walk away with nothing more than a broke airplane or a broke paramotor. There's been once that I've had to land over the airport with an engine out and I made my radio call that I was an engine out. I didn't declare it as an emergency, but I did let the traffic area know that I was at a dead stick and that I didn't have the ability to then avoid traffic. I couldn't go back up. So everyone gave me enough space to get safely on the ground and then the rest of the airport resumed activities as normal. So that's where the argument of courtesy versus rules comes in. So would you recommend everyone having a radio, uh, even if they don't fly around an airport? I think it's a good thing to have, considering most of the PPG helmets we buy off the shelf come with either a, what is it, a Yesu plug or a Pioneer plug built right into the bottom of the headset with a push-to-talk button, you can run your Navcom radio right up to your headset and monitor your area. There's pretty, if you look on the map, there's pretty standard areas where it's 122.9 covers most of your G-class areas or 121.35 or, you know, there's, if you look at the sectional, it'll show you that there's a pretty broad spectrum of airports that will use the same frequency that allows you to kind of navigate your area and hear the traffic all around you. So you can hear people leaving, you can hear people going. And then they also, when they make their radio call, will state their position. So they'll say that they're coming into say Charlotte and they're five miles to the East at 1200 feet. That allows you to know, I want to be looking East of Charlotte at 1200 feet for an airplane coming my way. He's about five miles out, which gives me about one and a half minutes before he runs me over. <laughs> which, which, wow. is, which is funny because um, 
uh, uh, Tommy and I were in kind of a situation like that just, uh, was it yesterday, where we had an airplane not too far that just went over both of us? <clears throat> I think we posted on Facebook, didn't we? I think so. Yeah, yes, I think I did. saw that. Yeah. I saw it on your Instagram, Sean. Today. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, well, let's not real, end out real, real quick. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I was uh, just going through the comments. Um, did was there a car accident in front of your house, Mark? Where uh, watching you fly? Uh, there was a car accident. Nobody was in the air, uh, and there was we were setting up to fly, and a guy was uh, messing with his cell phone, ran off the road, overcorrected. Uh and uh, hit a culvert and flipped over a couple times. Oh my gosh. But that was right when we were getting ready to fly. Oh. Okay. We have uh, uh, v VB Willie in the chat says he's a buddy of yours. So he said to ask you about the car, car crash in front of your house. So I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> On that, yeah, and the, that was something that I was going to. Go ahead. The very next week, when we were setting up to fly, uh, there was about six of us, and my my yard is 1,200 feet deep, and uh, we were setting up to fly that time, and uh, a guy ran off the road uh, and clipped my mailbox. Oh my gosh! Jeez. I I thought like you lived out in the middle of nowhere. It's so pretty out there. It's it sounds like yeah, Mark. It sounds like we need to have a fly in that mark, so I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> it kind of does. If you have that much space, uh, not trying to yeah. invite ourselves, like we need to have when a... can we come over? I know. So, brings up can, another Y'all can point. come whenever you're ready. There you Shondor's, go. Shondor says he took a flight and had a crop duster of one field over as he was on departure and that he had to keep an eye on him while he was flying, and he got above him and flew well above him. So one thing to note in if you're flying in a, a farming community or a rural community is those crop dusters, they don't get off the ground any higher than they have to. And they're very hard to spot. So if, if you like ripping around low in fields, corn fields, hay fields, wheat fields, stuff like that, just be mindful that those crop dusters come blistering through and they never get hardly more than the tops of the power lines. So just be aware of that, guys. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty. Um, real quick, we don't want to leave Lynn out or anything, but um, you're you're you don't fly. However, um, you yet are, yet yet yet. What do you yes, about, that's right. Yeah. What do you think about cameras on paramotors? Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? It's a distraction. What do you think personally? Oh, I think they're great. I've got so used to watching everybody. You know, most everybody. And Robert, of course, you know, with the the GoPros and all that stuff. Oh, I think they're, I think, oh, absolutely. They need those. They need that, and they need that radio gone, so they're always in contact with somebody on the ground, you know, what they're doing. And the same thing with Kevin said about as far as um, seeing where, you know, where these, air, these controllers or traffic controllers, you know, where these airplanes are flying and this and that because, it seems like more and more we're seeing more people, whether it be free flight or the paramotors or the airplanes, or, um, you know, you're seeing a lot more air traffic, no matter what it might be. And it's really something that, 
you guys really have to watch out for, right? So in turn, you got you have to start adding. You just do. You have to start adding all these gadgets. It's kind of like a, a dash cam for paramotors. So I, I, it probably is a good thing as long as you aren't, you know, overwhelmed by, I got to get this perfect shot. It's more of a yeah. dash cam that I'm turning it on and I'm just going to go out and fly and forget about it. Not like I'm going to be, you know, Steven oh, yeah. and I'm going to get it the best shot. Right. Yeah. Just have it, have it up there just because, you know, and then you go on and do your flying and do what you have to do. And then later, you, you know, you land and everything, then you can, put the camera back on and like I said, see what you did, but don't let that GoPro or whatever be a distraction for you guys. Like you said, you know, Oh, I got it. I hope it's focused, you know, and I hope it's all doing okay up there. Just put it up there and you know, you got it set up and just fly and do what you got to do. You know? Exactly. So Paramotor crazy made a comment about it. And he said, when he flies without cameras and he doesn't do any video making or recording, it makes the enjoyable. flight feel so much more free because yep. you're not flying for an agenda. You're flying for yourself. And I find myself a lot of times I charge my GoPro and put in a nice clean SD card and I don't even turn it on unless I'm flying and find something that's worth having it on for. So if I'm at the coast and there's a boat going in the inlet and I can come over the top and fly low and everyone's waving and having a good time with it, I'll click on the GoPro and I'll catch that clip. And then as I get stable and fly away, I'll just click it back off. But I find it more enjoyable to just fly and keep the idea of it's, it's not really for anyone but myself. It's like we all say about the, the YouTube thing is I do it because it's fun. I do it because I love it. I'm not doing it because it's making me money or doing anything special for me. And in that regard, it's just about enjoying myself. So having the documentation of that was cool and I, you know, I can go home and relive that moment makes it a lot of fun. But the hour long or depending on a beach day, it might be all day. There's no way for me to keep the GoPro charged when I do five gallons in one day of beach fly. Just throwing that out there. So what can, which one do you have to have going then, like you said, in case something happens and you end up having to go to court and you have to cover yourself or whatever, you have to have something, right? Going, some recording. That's going. your GPS, Linda. Like yeah. your Fly oh. Sky High. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wonder about that. Okay. Hey, one thing I would add about the cameras is, uh, you know, the first person view camera is, is great for, you know, logging your flying and stuff like that. But for me, the second person um, camera, like your friend on the, the ground videoing you or a GoPro you set up on the ground to film your launch and landing, yeah. that's where I, I get the best feedback from, to learn from. Like, yeah. like Mark's video, you know, somebody on the ground filmed his launch and that's what we watched. And, you know, you know, my parents, they watch me land and take off most of the time. My dad just grabs the camera and, and records. You know, we can't always do that. Sometimes we fly by ourselves. But, you know, somebody's there, you fly with a buddy, you know, film each other's launches and landings if you can. You never know when you're going to yeah. need it. The one thing to be careful about that is the Kodak courage. If you're flying places and people start whipping out their phones and recording you, the best thing you can do is fly nice and stable and steady wing overs and spirals and no, all that i mean you got to go big so they they get it on film kevin <laughs> yeah, they what, what are you talking about 
Be, you got a Napa know-how. Highlight by Friday. Yeah. That's, that's a whole lot of Watch this. There's a There's a Conwell video not very many people know about because it was you know when he first started making vlogs, but um, I was actually at the mountain a few weeks after for the first time, <laughs> and uh, they said that they, he is flying over a ridge and oh, there's some people God. waving and he gets down low and does some wingovers and next thing he knows he's picking a tree because he can't make bells so yeah that's that's good uh that's good information hey hey brian brian can you uh see the chat and if so can you read paramotor crazy's last comment let's see uh-oh let's see uh oh. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. It's like it's like halfway right out. I was I wish Brian was wearing a toe camera on the left foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, it would have been, that would have been a pretty crazy view for sure. Hey, where did yeah. he go? <laughs> so uh, here's a question I have for you guys. Um you know my instructor, the one thing that he did tell me is unless the wing is laid out perfect, unless the cycle is perfect, unless everything is perfect, you don't launch. And in this video, that's what I noticed is a lot of things went wrong. Um, but until I put a wing on, on and I put a 70-pound motor full of gas on my back, man, it's hard to get over that. If I fail this launch, I have to take off my wing, lay it back out at the you know beginning of the field. You know, just you fun. almost wish that you could just step back and let the wing, you know, kind of kite it back down and just try to start over without having the, it's just a lot of work. Did that come into play, Mark, whenever you were taken off? Did you, was it, was it rushed because you were tired or was it, was it something that you just thought you had in the bag you didn't expect or what, what really, what was going through your mind whenever that was going on? Yeah, the uh, the real thing that happened there is I had been I haven't had any trouble on my launches. I was, um, you know, my first ten or fifteen landings, you know, were a handful, you know, in nil wind, and that I was struggling with, and that has come come around real good. Now I'm able to stand it up, you know, pretty much all the time now without any trouble. But my launches had been, you know, it, I mean, it's just my fault. I, uh, I was so comfortable on launch. I lay the wing out. I walk forwards and bump the lines and everything feels good. And I just take, you know, take a couple steps back, take a breath, then take off running. And the wing shoots up and I just grab, you know, a handful of throttle. And I, I, I was complacent with it uh, for no reason I shouldn't have been but that's all that happened is you know I, I wasn't worried about it at all it'll be fine just uh, stab the gas and it'll, it'll straighten itself out and so of course you know now now I'm much more careful on my takeoffs how, how many people were watching you when you launched um, there was two guys in the air maybe three more on the ground and a couple people standing around watching. Uh, I don't have any, you know, I'm 51 years old and I don't care about impressing anybody. Um, that wasn't what I was trying to do. I don't feel pressure to try and impress people because I'm brand new and I don't care if they're impressed or not. 
um, I was just, I was just taken off and I, I wasn't, uh, paying enough attention because I didn't think anything would go wrong. I, I felt like, you know, the wing comes up and I get in the gas and get going, give it a little tiny bit of break and I'm gone. And, uh, and so, and that's the whole thing. I want other, you know, possibly new pilots to realize that, Hey, you know, make sure that the wing is going, you know, that it has stabilized and it's going where it needs to go. Um, we also I've just found myself in that situation where, uh, you know, I'm taking off and I'm correcting my wing and in the back of my head, you know, I'm always thinking if it's not perfect, let's set it down, let's start over. But that is so much work in 95 degree temperatures. I just didn't know if that was coming into play there or if you just – you know, it gone right. It sounds like it just went right so many times. You just thought you had it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not in the best shape, and I'm not by any means in bad shape. And uh, that part there about, you know, uh, getting out of it and setting back up, that part wouldn't bother me a bit. Uh, it was just strictly on. Um, I just thought it was fine. You know. It's hard to keep up with all the chats because we're streaming live for audio, streaming live for video. Um, I hope you guys are looking at the chat for the video. I'm looking at the chat here for the audio. And Big Rick says um, uh, he's 51 years old and he has no problem getting it up. So kudos to you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Big Rick, for that comment. We love you. I, I, got, so, I got a question for Mark. Yes. Hold on. Go ahead. So, so basically, this was about your 30-something 30, flight, Mark, as, as I take it. Um, is that right? That was uh, my, my 26th flight. 26. Okay. So prior to that, had you aborted many launches um, while you were watching your wing come up and you decided, hey, it doesn't look good, let me just lay it down and try again? Or had you pretty much nailed it every time up to this point? I have pretty much nailed it every single time up to this point. Uh, I had one, a couple launches prior to that where you know how you feel the, you feel the wing lift up on you and you apply some brake pressure to it. And then that pulls you off the ground. Um, about two or three flights before this, I had a little bit of oscillation right when, right when it, you know, right when I applied brake pressure and I jumped in the seat and when I did it, you know, it oscillated, it pendulumed uh, about two times pretty heavy. But other than, and other than that, you know, every launch has been perfectly fine. And so um, after that one where I pendulum, <laughs> I talked to one of the more experienced pilots and asked him about checking the edges of the wing you know, when the wing comes up, is he checking both sides? And uh, I felt like I could feel it in my hands that I didn't need to look at the corners of the wing, just focus ahead. And you could kind of feel the wing pulling one way or the other. And uh, and so anyways, I, I had gotten to where I, I really, I didn't give it any thought at all. I just pull it up and go. And so anyways, now I, uh, I am... I'm uh, much, I've only flown four times since the accident, but now I pay a lot more attention 
to the wing uh, that it is stable and going straight. And I was going from pulling the wing up to wide open, um, honestly, uh, every time and not taxiing where now I'm intentionally trying to taxi some before I go ahead and give it gas. Looks like Jay, I'm at that same for, uh, your video up on the screen. So, and he's zooming in. Thank you for zooming in. So we're watching your takeoff again. And you listen. Oh, you can really see the prop there. You, you listen to our panel. Um, you, you heard what we talked about all this time. Is there anything that you want to ask? Uh, maybe Kevin can fly the instructor or anybody else, or or even talk to people on the uh, on the chat and ask them any questions about you know um, what you could do to rectify this in the future. There there are two questions in the chat. Okay. F Y um, Paramotor Crazy wanted to know um, from Mark. After did did you show your instructor uh, this video? If so, what did he have to say about it? Any feedback? Yes, he he uh, gave me basically the same feedback as Kevin, uh, and he looked at it. And um, you know, this this was by no means my instructor's you know fault or you know Correct. instruction. That was just strictly me. You know, not. And it's that center part of like where where he was saying about pulling the wing up and then going light on the throttle and taxiing basically. And that's right. the part where just in my little short time of flying that I, you know, I put myself in a bad habit of not doing that. And due to this accident, I do that well now. No, I'm not. I wasn't or paramotor crazy either wasn't uh blaming or saying it was your in, your instructor's uh uh fault for you making this mistake we we all i've done this i mean i haven't done it this bad but i have come close i you know I, luckily i had over 30 flights before i left school i don't know what i would do with only 26 and i'm already flying by myself i would not have been ready for that so hats off to you for that because that's that's just, insane to me i would not have been ready to do that by myself yeah i got a ton we had you know we had some uh bad weather while i was out there and uh i got a ton of kiting in which i really uh think you know as far as wing control and stuff i got a ton of kiting in and and felt like i really learned a lot there uh, and then i came home and i fly with a fairly experienced good group of guys and uh, and they all still keep eye on me and help out uh, and so I'm real comfortable with it uh, but I, I made a mistake and I paid for it yes you did <laughs> but again that's what that again this is what this show is about is is we're all new pilots. I, I just went to school and, and got out of school in November of last year. Um, so for, for us to do this show and, and highlight, you know, new pilots making new mistakes. I mean, they're not new to, to paramoting, but they're new to us. And for us to be able to learn from them, I mean, luckily you did have your cameras and luckily you did record it and we can all now learn from it. So again, thank you for uh, posting that. 
Yeah, and and I didn't I didn't comment on the camera thing, and that is a very uh, good comment on you know a new pilot messing around with cameras, and you know I don't want to be Tucker Guy, and I don't uh, have any intentions on my channel blowing up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it mainly just so that my friends and my family that's out of town can experience and see what we do and how cool it is uh, and so i mean i got i got a camera you know on a on a three foot cone in the yard a traffic cone with a camera mount on top so that we can see it and you know try and avoid it but all those things do add to you know everything that you got going on so that's a legitimate question or criticism uh but also you, all those cameras, you turn them on and, you know, you don't have to do anything else with them. You know, you, you just turn them on and they're on and then I see what I got when I'm done. But I have no interest in ever doing, you know, any kind of crazy flying. I just just get up there and uh, fly with a little bit of altitude and just look around. We are going to put your link to your YouTube channel uh, down below um, pretty soon, not now, unfortunately. Can't do that when we're live. Uh, well, maybe you could, but you have to JP about it. Um, what other social media accounts do you have that we can go check out or just YouTube right now? Um, just my YouTube, and, uh, and then I have Instagram, uh, and I try and put a little bit on there. Uh, and it's just hey. something to look at. Hey Mark, sorry about that. Who, whoever's got the the TV on the background or something is killing me. Not me. I I can't see it because JP is sharing his screen. I can't see who's doing stuff. Who's doing stuff? I'm, doing I'm, just, I'm just sitting here. It's not me. <laughs> well, it's gone. My <clears throat> my daughter is enjoying dinner at the kitchen table. You're probably hearing her iPad. No problem. I am going to talk with Linda for real quick. Linda, you seem yes, to be honey. famous mommy to somebody that's really awesome on YouTube. Can you tell us who it is and what he does and his dot com? Robert Michael, paraglidingtalk.com. There we go. There's more than just me out there that uh, does these uh these little podcasts, so make sure Say it ain't so. Around. Ah, no. <laughs> it ain't so you think it is. You think it's just PPG Grandpa's Fair Motor Podcast, but no, there's many of them out there. Um, so, uh, Mark, we'll put your social media down below. We appreciate your time. It is eight o'clock. Yes. Now, so we've been Thank you, Mark. Today. Appreciate you coming on our show. Thank yeah. you. Um, I appreciate you having me. Yes, thank you. Thank you for letting me invite you on the show and all that. I found you on Facebook. I'm like, yep, we need this guy on our show, Sean. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. um, look at all our look at our panel here. Our panel is uh, is really awesome. We have Linda, of course, that um, um, is our cheerleader. She is. <laughs> oh wait, I got my wait. I have my pom pom. I have pom pom. <clears throat> Linda I, is our top-notch <laughs> PPG Okay, hold on, PR hold on. Okay, wait. I'll get it. It's okay. right here. So she's actually getting her pom-poms. That's, that's pretty cool. And I hope uh, Paramotor Crazy saw what uh, Kevin was just flashing. Uh, 
I'm I'm dropping the mic. Oh, there it is. There's my time time. There you go. Oh, and, we uh, have an awesome show. <laughs> she's, she's there cheering us on. Yeah. The, the, para, the paragliding talk shirt, that was that was a gift from Robert. The paramotor crazy sweater, that was support from my boy. There you go. <laughs> I, I got a sticker from paramotor crazy. It's on my cup. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> I want a paramotor crazy sticker. Um, just yeah, so you know, I need one for my cup. Yeah. Export shouldn't need up for PPG. I'm not sure what you're doing wrong. What's that? <laughs> wrong <laughs> cup. <laughs> Would you say? I cup? Said, I said really Shane said he put his paramotor crazy sticker on his cup. I said that this is supposed to be a non-contact sport. You're not supposed to wear a cup when you do PPG. I think you're doing something wrong. I thought the sticker said nuts. Never mind. Not crazy. Oh, no. got hey, it. Hey. <laughs> That's got to make foot launching a little more challenging hey, with a cup hey. on. Yeah, right. As long as we got our cup on and with our sticker, we're good to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> guys, we, we really appreciate everyone. But uh, what happens is after an hour of the podcast, then we open up this to everyone in the chat. So, uh, see, JP is our is our IT guy. So if you can put our, our room, <laughs> Zoom number and our Shane, password out there for everybody in. Shane's got a question. Shane's Shane, got a question down there. Hello. Shane's so, yes. so Sean. <laughs> so me. Sean, what is the, um, what is the disappointing news about this weekend coming up? Oh, well, that hurricane's coming through, so, you know. Right. Well, it came and went. It came and went, but it's pulling a whole bunch of moisture. So, yeah, our good. chances for the SIV course is slim to none at 100% uh, uh, per, per, for rain. So, we are. We are free, so we can't stay here. Do it, do it, do it. Is he gone? I think he's gone. Uh, I lost audio. Did, did Shane say the uh, SIV was off? Yeah, the SIV. Well, for for us for this weekend coming up, it's it's not going to happen. So we yes. pushed it back, but we pushed it back to the twenty second, twenty third. Is that right, Shane? Twenty second, twenty third. Yes. Okay. So you know what that means? Uh. Anybody that wants to go out and do an SIV mm -hmm. with Andrew Fuller with um, what does he call his uh, SIV thing? Um, Oh my goodness, um, uh, John uh, Rippa or um, Dave? Can you guys put the name of the uh, Sky Sky Lab Sky Hot? Yes, Sky Tap. What is it? Sky Lab. Yes. Sky Lab SIV. So if you he's got, also the Sky Tap guy. Yeah, he's, he's Sky. sky he's lots of things with the Sky. Yeah. Um, definitely check out <sighs> tell them that you want to go do an SIV course on the 22nd and 23rd and meet up with PPG Grandpa and uh, Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane. Tommy, would you be able to make it or not? No, I'm not going to be able to make it, man. Honor. Brian, he, he lives in... Um... I can make it. So, do, I, do, I need a, do I need to build a foot launch? <laughs> ah. <laughs> Yes. We'll just Depends put you on in a ring. You can we'll just send you off in a wagon. I mean, if they're going to tow me up without a motor on my back, man, no problem. Card, cardboard, cardboard wings and uh, nitro glow motors, you'd be flying, no problem. 
should be able to Red Bull will be there to film it. So that'll, that'll be really good. And once again, Mark, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Uh, you are more than welcome. My pleasure. Hang out with us anytime that we do these podcasts, which is really cool. Uh, exactly. As I was saying, pretty much the entire cast here has been a guest, and uh, they just decided to stay on. And uh, Mark, you're more than welcome to stay on uh, every week. Just come here and, and hang out with us. Yep. Um, now we are past our one hour time, so now it's the after party party. Woo so we'll do this um, for a half an hour or for an hour, whatever we want to do, and then about nine o'clock, we're going to just go because I'm an old grandpa. I need my beauty sleep. I mean, look at this. Not beautiful and all, but I need my beauty sleep. Oh, you are, you are beautiful. You oh, are. So Kevin, uh, Kevin, I do have a question. Whenever I'm taking off, um, I always check my lines. I think the one reason why, and I'm, Mark, I would have had an issue like what you had. I have a feeling at some point that this wouldn't have happened to me at the mountain. I had a break wrap, and now I am so diligent whenever I take off to look up at my wingtip, at my wingtip, and I, I try to inspect everything as quickly as possible, almost to the point to where I'm taxiing too much like uh, the place that we took off yesterday. Um, didn't have that time. I mean, I expected everything perfectly fine. I almost find myself overdoing it. But what do you suggest on that? Do you suggest looking at wingtips? Do you suggest checking out lines? Or should that all be done pre-flight? Or, or what, what's up with that? The okay. grand answer is yes. So <clears throat> yes, you should be checking your lines but the biggest component to what I think you may miss, and it might be a psychological thing, is you need to do the same exact routine the same way every time. Yep. You, you cannot deviate because you're at a different field or with a different group of guys. So what I tell people is when I put my helmet on and the ear cups cover my ears, the world is gone for me. I can't hear you, number one, because I've got the ear cups on. But number two, my brain, I change gears. And I tell people this all the time. It's about shifting your brain to being micro-focused on the task at hand and breaking it down to a military-type section of saying, I'm doing it by the numbers. One, two, three, all the way till I get to the end. So you clip into the harness, you walk over to the wing, you clip into the wing, and then you start from the legs. You go all the way back through the whole thing. Dude, my legs done because I'm going to go fly, right? That's the main plan of today. So we want to make sure we're not going to fall out. The first and easiest way to fall out is the legs. Moving up from the legs, you get to the waist, from the waist to the chest, from the chest to the chin. You make sure your gates are closed, locked, and in position. Follow it down to your trimmers are even and neutral. Make sure you take your breaks and then make the triangle. It's one thing that people overlook and you can do it in a half a second is once you get your brakes in your hands, just open your hands up so that way you're, they kind of rest about six or eight inches from your side and see that the brake line goes directly to the brake pulley. That will ensure that you never have a brake wrap. Then take one big swoop, both hands together at the same time, collect your A's gently walk out and what I tell people is pull on the carabiners when you grab the A's pull them from your body because if you're actually putting tension on the risers then you're not putting tension on the lines so when you get to the end of the lines it's an actual true center if you don't 
pull the risers tight, when you get to the lines, you may have a little, you know, when I say a little, a couple of centimeters in slack. Those few centimeters are the difference between your wing coming up nice and straight or potentially having it drift off to one or the other side. Once you get where you think you're centered, take two big steps back with your lines hanging slack, just turn one direction or the other and look to the center point of your glider. If you don't have an emblem on the middle of your wing, what you can do is take a piece of glider tape that's different color from what your wing is and just put a little 50 cent piece of glider tape right on that center panel. And that gives you a visual representation of where center is on your wing. When you believe you're good and centered, once again, with the A's in your hands, outstretch your risers so they're out to your side. You don't want your hands up. You want them straight out to the side, pulling pressure on the carabiners. And then when you run forward, it's going to automatically pull the tension from your carabiners and your hips. You won't superman the lines because your body's not in a position to do it. You don't have any pressure when you try to wing your arms forward. You only have pressure when you push your arms forward. So if you start out with your hands straight out pulling the carabiners when you start to run forward, not only does it bring the wing up better, but you feel the pressure immediately because you feel it one or the other A, and it's on your thumb. So if you feel that right one has a bunch of pressure and your left one doesn't feel the pressure, you know already as the wing's coming up to move 45 to the left or move 45 to the right. Instead of waiting till it's overhead and then trying to correct it in a taxi. The, these are the things that come back to finesse. And the only way I know how to put it is like learning how to do a waltz. Quick, quick, slow, slow. Quick, quick, slow, slow. If you know the steps, you never step on your partner's toes. If you're with the beat, you move with your partner in fluidity. If you ever get out of sync, everything starts to become off beat. So if we get all of our, we set that timing in our head, we create our own metronome, if you will, and you move through that process, number one to number 10. So everything is off their checklist because even in aviation, everything is a checklist. We can make it mental. You can make it on paper if it works. But whatever that system is you do, you want to do it every single time the same way. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. That's something I need to do then. I need to get in the rhythm. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm overdoing it. Like I'll, if I'm in a field large enough, I will taxi, look at my right, you know, pulley, look at my left pulley, look at my right wing tip, look at my left wing tip. And I'll look in front of me think, all right, let's take off. Well, you know, I got plenty of room. Let's look up at the lines, make sure there's no sticks in them, make sure there's, you know, I just, I think I'm overdoing it, but you know, it is important. I am about to leave the. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, and this is one of those beginner mistakes that a lot of people do never raise your chin. Don't ever look up to the glider. The minute you look up to the glider, your feet stop moving. It's just, oh, wow. it's natural. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not something you can tell yourself, oh, well, I'll run while I'm looking. It doesn't work. Roll your, shoulder, roll your neck up to your shoulder and look to your wing tips. If you see both wing tips are fully inflated, that means the wing is working and you're going to add power to a taxi from a taxi to a committed flight. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, good. that's good information. Very good. Just look to the left and look to the right. I, I agree with that one. Get, get you a checklist, man. Stick to it. Do the same things every time. I mean, I was taught just, just like Kevin said, man, legs, stomach, chest, helmet. You know, you check your carabiners, trims, streets and bridges, brakes clear to pulley, man. Make sure your symmetry is everything. You're lined up on a wing. And I think what's deceiving is, you know, you see a lot of these people on YouTube, you know, they bring the wing up and they'll have a seven to 10 mile an hour headwind and they'll just, they won't look at it. They'll just take it up like Tucker or somebody. They'll pull a little break, take a couple steps and man, they're gone. And, uh, you know, I think for people that are beginners like me, you really got to keep an eye on that wing. And when I'm taking off, I'm holding those A's and I'm head to the left, head to the left. And I've done it enough now that I only look one way because I can tell if that left wing tip is high or low, I know which way I need to go. I don't have to look at both wing tips. But yeah, a lot of that has to do with the power of editing too. I'm sure those guys are doing going through their checklist and not putting it in their videos also. That's maybe well, the, not a good thing. The one thing you have to take away, like I said, and this is the biggest one I, I explain to my students and I tell them it's the hardest one to really understand the best <clears throat> finesse feeling everything out. You have to feel what the glider's doing more than look at what the glider's doing. That's the one differentiation between having a nice reverse launch at say the beach or, or a nice open field. You see everything. You see the lines, you see the wing, everything comes up, you stabilize, turn around forward, then commit to your flight with a, with a forward launch you're setting yourself up for the greatest success. So a good layout into win is what you want to start with. Then you want to make sure your lines are nice and clear. And before you go to inflate the wing and leave the ground, grab your A's right before you clip in and just kind of suck them up a little bit till you get the, the A's to some tension and make sure there's no other lines laying on top of them. Mm -hmm. If your A's are absolutely on top, then your wing will come up better because believe it or not, the, the C lines or B lines laying over the top, just the tension of them rolling off is enough tension to hesitate one side of the wing and make it come up asymmetric. So having everything on top and starting with your A's clear and on top, allows the leading edge of the wing to come up nice and clean. So a perfect, I mean, perfect's relative, but a perfect layout, make sure your lines are clear, not just that they're not tangled, but that the A's are on top and clear. And then, like I said, your, your big main component is feeling the glider as it comes up. So with both of your A's on your thumbs and I've seen the way Tucker does it, and he actually holds the little blue square on the riser. He doesn't move his thumbs up to the mallions. I like to have my thumbs right on the mallions, and when I push forward, I feel that tension, and you guide the wing up overhead. And as your arms are raising, you can feel the pressure in those A's, and you can feel which A has more pressure or if they feel symmetrical. And before you even come off the A's, your brain should already feel through the finesse whether the wing is straight and ready to go or whether you need to make a little bit of a jostle to get everything correct. But that comes with 
a hundred plus flights, a hundred plus hours and doing it over and over and over. So we awesome. start with, we start with the basic information and then we just grow from it. And kiting, kiting is a major deal. Um, if you're kiting, when you bring your wing up to, to launch, you already know just by the feel of your risers leaning to one side or the other that you need to make corrections without actually looking up at your wing. But when I first started this sport, I couldn't even turn to look at my wing because I was so stiff. Now I have no problems because <laughs> I do it as I'm running. I do it three, four times on each side as I'm, as I'm launching. That's, that's a good Same here. Um, people that uh, before before y'all start, um, if you're still if you're an older person that doesn't you know that doesn't feel like you could do yoga very well, uh, some of the things <laughs> you can definitely do, make sure that you have full motion of, oh, your, of your neck. Um, you're an yes. older person. If you don't, you will get it eventually. Sometimes with neck cramps that you didn't even know that you have you had muscles there. Um, just just recently. I was trying to look down to see if I could see my gas tank and just trying to do that and pulling myself down. I got a, a neck cramp. I'm like, Oh man, I need to do some more yoga or something. <laughs> so, so the other thing too is I didn't realize that when I first started paramotor and I could not reach back without pulling the little elastic um, tether that's attached to the handle for the pull start. I couldn't reach back and just grab the handle. Now, I can I can pull back. I can actually grab past the cage at this point now and uh, grab that handle. Before, like when I first started, before yeah. I could not. I was just like, oh, that's as far as I can reach. I'd have to grab and two hand pull, get get a hold of the the pull rope, and then and then start it. But now I just reach back, grab it. It's all over and done with. Like that, a that's, that's a really good thing to, to talk about. Is what kind of exercises or what kind of things do we need to do as uh, as the older generation because you know about is <laughs> what you know most uh, paramotor people are when they start is about 50-ish years old mm -hmm. so what kind of what kind of exercises uh do you think with our experience that we've been doing this so far what kind of exercises would you suggest would be good to um to tell people that are in our age range what we need to do to get ready before we go to school and before we actually start doing this that's true i'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say 12 ounce curls i'll drink that right now <laughs> my my no. easy response to that one is shoulder mobility you want to yes. you want to be able to have free range of your shoulders so, so I got I mine. Look at these five pounds each, man. Those are your pump pounds. I've had these like okay. Mm. My other dog or puppies like they chewed, they chewed them and stuff. But I've had these like forever because you can't even find these anymore. So yeah. See, I use a shake weight myself. Fonda workout <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> my, my training school put together a list of things you need to be able to do. Like you need to be able to run the length of a basketball field. There's something, uh, something like 300 feet within uh, 200 something feet within six seconds. You need to be able to do a couple pull-ups, um, you know, some basic things. But i tell you the thing that helped me the most was uh, putting a 40-pound weight on my back, just a hiking backpack. And I normally do a lot of hiking. And uh, – Looks like y'all got a camera stuck on Chef, um, Skinny Chef Shane. 
Anyway, yeah, what about rotated it? himself. Yeah, <laughs> so, so basically, what you know, if you put a forty-pound, <laughs> I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, put put that weight on your back and practice putting your hands up like this, like you would be in launching, and just run forward as fast as you can for you know fifty feet, then a hundred feet. And do that, and you're going to find that those leg muscles on the front of your quads get really sore really quick. When I got down to training, those same, those same muscles hurt really bad. So, uh, I mean, that's one thing I did for training that was very beneficial. I did, I did the Stairmasters, uh, the Stairmaster at the gym uh, about eight weeks before I went to school. Um, I would do, I think, an hour and a half every day of um, – Man, I forgot what it is now. I have to ask the wife because she couldn't keep up with me. And she's like, you, you've never been able to, to keep up with me in any of this, this kind of cardio stuff. I said, but I want to fly. So the harder I work now, the less I have to later. And, well. Flying's good motivation. Yes, it is. So I, uh, I, I did that for eight weeks before school, but I didn't stretch. I didn't do the arms back because actually at, at – at four winds, they want you to reach as far back as you can to where your shoulder blades are pressed together. And even then he wants you to go further. I couldn't do that at first. This is probably, this was probably about as far as I could go. Now it's, it's way back here where, where I'm supposed to be. Um, that are listening and can't see, can you explain how far that was? What you were talking um, about? Yeah. So I was just, just barely to my ears when, when I first started and he wants you to be all the way back past the back of your head okay. when you when you're when you're you're bringing your a's up and you're launching forward launch you want you to get as far back as you can and uh after oh man i want to say after school and probably a month maybe two months into flying by myself i finally got into that position where i was able to get my hands back as far as i as they would go and it did make launching much easier. It did make my form a lot better. And as I will always say, four wins taught me right, and my flying shows it. What, what other thing? Yeah, what it is is it's an exaggerated movement, and by making it exaggerated means when you do it comfortable, you do it right. Correct. So what other things could we let newbie people um learn from us and learn from our mistakes or learn from our uh, experience. So we were talking about um, hooking into your legs, you know, you're doing your, your chest or your waist straps, this and that each doing it the same thing, but does anybody do a ritual before they pick up their motor? Do you stretch? Do you? Oh yeah. Well, obviously a pre-flight on the motor, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got several stretches. I do. I, I stretch my, uh, my calf muscles. I bend over, stretch my my uh, uh, hamstrings because you know my lower back is what gives me a lot of problems. And you know, throwing 60, 70 pounds on your back, you know, you need to be you need to be stretched out a little bit. Stre stretching is very important. Uh, and one one stretch I'll add to that is you're talking about the shoulders not going back far enough. Get a broomstick. You know, everybody's got a broomstick or something in their house, and grab it. And start with all the way at the ends above your head and bring it all the way back down until the broomstick touches your butt and then bring it back up and over. Um, it's really hard to do, but it'll help loosen you up for sure. 
And as you get better, you can bring your hands in a little closer and closer and uh, stretch more and more. Yeah, I think that's what Kevin Supply was talking about, uh, full range of motion in, in your shoulders. And, and I totally agree. Uh, definitely, I feel like I have more range of motion in my shoulders and in my neck. Um, my back feels better too. And I've only been doing this since uh, last November. So um, that's coming up on a year, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Slowly, how, yeah. It's amazing how quickly time goes when you start doing this. Does Does anybody in our in our age group like have a bad back that catches every from time to time for no reason? My neck. I'm not. <clears throat> I I don't need to be in any age group. My back sucks most of the time. <laughs> I was about so, to say I had a chiropractor appointment this morning. Uh, uh, my motorcycles. motorcycles will do that to you too. Yeah, so that's what that's what gave me mine. I have I have a back issue which requires well absolutely no thought process to going out. And uh, Linda, your tender dates at the door. <laughs> I know. I have <laughs> 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 I love you, Shane. Really. Shane, I just uh, choked on my beverage. Thanks a lot. <laughs> she like, that wasn't so perfect. Oh my God. Both. My dogs are like, they're out of control tonight. So I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> I, I've got, okay, I have a little dog. I give them chewies, you know, and they have their chewies and the whole thing. But my little dog, he thinks that he owns all of them. So he grabs them and he runs to the back bedroom. And he throws them like underneath the bed or whatever, you know, <laughs> thinking that he owns everything. So I have to go. I have to go pick their asses right now. Go get yeah. him. My little go one. get him. He thinks he owns everything. Kick anyway. the dog and tell him Peter sent you. I know. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, I'm trying to do a show here. <laughs> so sorry, guys. Seriously. Oh. So, anyway, as is spelled with Z's, not with S's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, I'm a long family. It's all good. I know. Okay, hold on. I'm going to mute this little ass. <laughs> yeah, y'all have so, been talking about. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Shane. So, about the bad back thing, I was launching one morning and everything was fine. I had no issues, no, no tweaks no nothing my last step on the ground before i pulled a little bit of break to take launch my back went out oh. and i as i jerked i i pulled both brakes which sent me flying and uh i i flew for about 25 minutes debating on how i was coming down mm. because i knew i had nothing in my legs to be able to run without my back just literally folding and that's exactly how I came in. I came in on one knee, leg out, one leg out in front, the other leg tucked in underneath me, and I slid in, flared. I want to say probably the most perfect time that I've ever <laughs> flared, and it, I didn't hit too hard. I hit enough to where, when it was all over and done with, I had a friend of mine have to roll me over a little bit and pull the motor off my back, but I was done. I. I and it didn't have anything to do with eating. Yeah. 
Somebody is eating something that's really delicious. <laughs> Kevin, we Swiss Swiss cheeses. Oh, okay. Sorry, it's dinner time. Gotcha. Every Monday, I'm like, cook, hurry up cooking to finish uh, before the show starts. <laughs> Between the dogs and the children tonight, yes. Okay, I got a, I got a question. All right. Shane came um, sliding in uh, because of his, uh, his back went out. So my question to everyone real quick. Um, when you fly, are you flying in flip-flops? shoes do you have on some sort of pants are you in shorts what is what is your normal flight uh attire shoes and, and shorts um if i'm i flew the beach the one time it was the first time i'd ever flown without shoes and i really didn't like it the day before i actually flew with the shoes on and he froze Currently have some. What if some? What if something happens and you have to land out and you're on the road <laughs> or something crap, dude? It is gonna suck without shoes on. But the same thing goes for no pants. I've I've slid in with with shorts on one leg and yeah, the grass tears your your shins up a little bit and your knees up a little bit, but it's not really that bad. Not like the asphalt. I'm not landing in asphalt. Did you not see my uh? My uh, running out of gas, I still land in chest deep grass over the road that was four yards from me. I'm oh. not landing on the road. <laughs> I was watching. No. I was watching that. I was thinking, why don't you just come in on that asphalt and, and just you know run it out? No, no, no. My, my luck, I'm gonna trip and I'm gonna have 70 pounds just drive me into the asphalt. <laughs> 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 and and all I, I all I can tell you is this is all I got going for me right now. I can't afford to have this hit the asphalt. You know what I'm saying? And that's with the filter. <laughs> that's with you the filter. Just, Damn. You could just fix it with some cutting compound and a little, little high-gloss buff. <laughs> no yeah. problem. Get some pointers on how to apply cover-up concealment from uh, yeah. Linda. Yeah, I would give you the makeup. Yeah. <laughs> get, some, get him some foundation. Yeah, yeah all of a sudden, my makeup... I'd be yeah. like, I look like a clown. Well, this is what I'm used to guys wearing. And just, just for the record, I want to go back and rephrase to say, we all know that you have issues. So don't try to come on this panel and tell everyone that you don't have issues. We know oh, this is true. Man. Yes, this is true. There you even go. My, even my dog's I've had an inversion. I've had an inversion table. You're talking about back problems. I've had an inversion table since Roger Teeter started selling one in, um, I think, the year 2000. He had an infomercial and I bought one, but I swear by him, man. I, I use mine every day. I, have a, I hang hang upside down, you know, drink a couple beers, get on the bird and tape, upside down, back to stretches right on out. You're one of those you guys that like hangs upside down on those contraptions. Yeah, he, he 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 was watching Beer Fest. He hangs upside down and does the monkey chug. Yep. Um, I tell you what I wear every single time is I wear boots, the ones that doesn't have the little um, catchy eyelids type of thing, and they're actually lighter than my shoes. And then I wear parachute pants during the summertime. Uh, during the wintertime, I wear jeans with, you know, um, the uh, the running 
um, uh, cold weather stuff, and uh, that keeps everything warm. But during the summertime, I don't care if it's 100 degrees, uh, ask Tommy. He's never seen me in anything but boots and my parachute pants. Because I told him, it's like, what happens if you land out into a field that is full of briars, little little prickers and stuff? What happens if you have to cross over some barbed wire to, to, to pull all your stuff up because you land in some farmer's field? You never know where you're going to land, so wear something that you could walk through. And I can't imagine. Plus, in plus the parachute pants is like having an extra reserve. <laughs> exactly. Take well, the no, pants no, no. off and they're, they're hey. made out of parachute. <laughs> they don't look like a parachute. JB, oh. hey, you I need to leave the jokes saying, to me. Leave the jokes thought, to me over here. Is that like hammer time pants? Kind of uh oh, uh oh. It's oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll add one other thing to the dress on, attire man. for flying that a lot of people don't normally talk about, and that's visibility colors. Um, if you saw the shirt that I was wearing when I crashed and hit that bill of hay, how bright orange it was. Well, uh, I wear those colors for a reason. I mean, if you go down in the middle of the woods or something like that, you have to be visible. They have to try to spot you and find you. Oh. Um, it's good to have a really highly visible color on. Maybe it's just an undershirt or maybe it's just a, something you got packed away in your bag. But yeah, having a bright orange shirt or something like that that could help search and rescue. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad idea. Wow. I save a lot of embarrassment by wearing camouflage when I go down in the trees and bushes. No one sees it. <laughs> <happen. laughs> they would never find you. That's the other way to go. I like it. <laughs> Mossy oak, paramotor colors, it's perfect. No one even sees you coming. I have, I have two different types of boots, and these are the ones that I have. They're really, really light. These are um, Oakleys. They are the ones that don't have any eyelets that can catch on anything. Um, I have two different pairs, this one right here, and then I have a black pair. And the reason why I have two different pairs is because during the uh, um, summertime, the grass is green, I wear my black boots, and when I come down for a landing or a foot drag, I can see a good contrast. Um, I wear these if I know that I'm gonna be around something that has a different contrast. So actually, that's the reason why I have two different types of, two different you know, you, colors. You need that. You need the shoes like the kids have, though, with the blinkies on them. I want to. I want. <laughs> I need to. I need to like invent something like that for you guys to like fly in. We, uh, you know, we should have blinky no shoes. Got the blinkies on it. On a battery pack right here. Yeah. LED yeah. lights all around. Yeah. Linda wants to know if she can get her Pradas on there. <laughs> See, so you guys are talking about flying attire so i live above okay. the 45th parallel so it doesn't really matter if it's summertime or wintertime if i fly sunrise it's ski pants and a ski jacket and generally i i have some high top sneakers that i wear i don't really wear boots because i i can't run the same in boots they don't have the same dexterity for me so I just wear like high top skateboard shoes basically. And then when it's evening flight and it's nice and hot, then I'll fly around in shorts and a t-shirt. I don't, I don't really care. When I was flying at the beach, I was flying around barefooted. It's do, do any dry in flight. <laughs> <laughs> All 
what got out of that was in flight. It's a magazine, oh. bag of peanuts. That's all you get. They don't even serve meals anymore. If you're going to fly like barefoot like that, then you definitely, the day before, you have to get that petty. Oh, Lord. The sand, the sand does that for you. That's the joy yes, of flying barefoot. It gives you a nice, no, cleansing, euphoric feeling on your feet when you're all done. Huh. I have a that question was about XCs and doing cross countries. Um, what's the longest cross country someone has done? And uh, how do you find these places that you go to? For example, Tucker got going to McDonald's. I've been looking around. I've been trying to find fields that are close to places um, on the map. But um, have you ever gone someplace just hoping that the Google Earth that you saw has that field next to it? Or do you actually go in and search out places? Search it out. Like my, we, my, my, my opinion of that is <laughs> play stupid games, win stupid prizes, but that's just my opinion. So which, what, Every time, what have y'all done and how far have you gone? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so I do a lot of camping and I know where the campgrounds are. So I'll do Google earth and, and find fields. And, and as soon as I get to where I'm going camping, the first thing I do is take off to go check out these fields. I look to see, what hazards are in the air. Um, not so much where I'm going as in from one place to another to, to do a cross country, but I mean, I need to know if there's power lines, whatever. And uh, I do this at least once a month. Um, the closest thing I've come to a cross country is going to Palm Bay to Sebastian Inlet and back but we never touch down on the beach. You just kind of fly over the beach and then fly back. It's probably an hour and 45 minutes, hour and 50 minute flight. That's about the longest I've done. Is that longer than the poker run to Avon and back? Well, no, cause I went an hour and a half one way and then filled up and then took off again. So yeah, I guess the poker run would be my cross country furthest cross country. I didn't make it back to my LZ, but I, found an LZ and speaking of Bob wire, I picked the only field in the farmer's land that I'm pretty sure had the, the little electric fence that you just un lift up and then move it over and you walk through and then you turn around to hook it back on. I didn't have to climb over any fences. It was awesome. <laughs> all right. I get it. Why my doggies are going all crazy. You know why? Cause it's a full moon tonight. Ooh, well, well, put some pants on. Let Take it. <laughs> Leave the jokes to him. That's a, so oh like the question. You, you, you bring up oh a full moon. Um, this is so where we need the moon? sound effects I button so you can hit the rim shot. I so with the full moon being tonight, um, that brings up a question. I was listening to one of the uh, one of Sean's, Sean's earlier podcasts, he was talking about how uh, Andrew was talking about how in Mexico you could fly at night. I know with, uh, you know, base jumping, they opened up a bridge in Fayetteville, West Virginia once a year to base jump legally. Is there, where are places in the United States or that you can do things that are not allowed in other places? Is there anywhere we can fly at night? Because that is something that I would love to do on a full moon night. Have a few buddies on the ground around the fire. Call them. They kick on some lights for landing. Not legally. 
Well, my, 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 unofficial, my unofficial answer is you can absolutely do it as long as you don't record it or tell anyone about it. My official answer is it's against the law and you're not supposed to do that inside the United States. Wow. Yeah. Not I, I, saying not saying I have any experience with the situation at all. I'm just passing along what I know. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That is that is I just uh on a full moon night, I can't imagine how amazing that would be. Glow be sticks in your wingtips don't look cool either. <laughs> oh, there, you, there you go. There you go. JP, you know, what, is, the day, yeah. go JP what, what is your insight on this sign yeah. and a full moon? <laughs> I think uh, we're allowed to fly uh, 30 minutes after sunset. And, and enjoy that 30 minutes. I mean, you know. The enjoy that 30 minutes. Hop on and your that's it. And go fly around and have fun. I get freaked oh. out. When it starts getting to that 20 minutes after sunset, I start getting freaked out because, one, I got to come down and land. And the ground's <laughs> going to be darker. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the key, the key thing here is on a full moon night because that's completely different yeah. than on a on – Yeah, because last – Last night, I did say to my wife, it'd be nice to be taken off right now and see my wing and the moon, you know, yeah. the silhouette. That'd be a pretty cool picture. So I've landed. Last year, last year, I went in September to a fly-in, and I won't mention which one specifically, but I went to a fly-in, and it's a place where free, it's free flying. And the lift is magic. And when I say magic, I mean hands-off, Easy lift to nine or ten thousand feet, easy, no problem. Glass off is easy over to ten thousand, no problem. And because you get to ten thousand, and because it's glass off in the evening, you literally watch the sun go down from ten thousand feet. And that's where the glow sticks come in. Is you crack them before you leave, and then as the sun goes down, as you descend from ten thousand feet. It's all the way dark, solidly dark by the time you get to the ground and somebody mm -hmm. at their little cabin that lives out there turns on the floodlights around the lit up circle where you land. And then as soon as you touch the ground, all the lights go back off. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I, you know, I, doing, doing uh, base jumping, you know, you're at a lot on top of a lot of towers, full moon nights, base all over the world or climbing an antenna you know and i've done it out in the uh, sod farm actually you know an antenna out there you can see on a full moon night especially because we have a bunch of uh, fish farms mm -hmm. and that moon reflects off that water and it is just amazingly beautiful oh yeah so it's just a question i didn't know if there is like you know if we can go over towards Area 51, fly over it at night, turn on some lights, scare some people. I don't know. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't know if there was anywhere legally you could do it or if you could get a permit to do it. Or I'd be, you know, I'd be afraid of their, like, laser and pulse weapons that they have at Area 51. I don't want my glider getting cut in half by a butter knife that made out of lights or something. <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. Wait, I, I know personally, like, the Paradigm team – um, over at Aviator, those guys that they've gotten special permissions to fly at night before and put on shows. So, I mean, yes, mm. it is illegal to fly at night, but 
it is possible to get exemptions in certain situations. But that's by the FAA. Right. Correct. And if, and if you own like, you know, a couple, I mean, if you own like 500 acres of, you know, your own land and you say, hey, I want to fly, you know, <laughs> on my land 500 feet and below at night, can I get a waiver? I, I bet that they would say, mm, sure, just don't go anywhere else. You're not flying on the land, though. You're flying in the air. But still, yeah. above your you know, when you, you know, when nothing else is around. At the same time, I have an argument the opposite way. The opposite way is I'm not touching your land. I'm flying over it. <laughs> which is the FAA part, which is yeah. an exemption. You know, what, once again, somebody said, who was it? It was, um, it was, um, Vela, I think he asked a question, or maybe it was Woody Gamertag. I can't remember. He's, I think it was Woody. He asked on Facebook. He says, "All right, if you're foot dragging after uh, 30 minutes after sunset, and your foot's on the ground, are you still flying?" Good question. So you know, there's there's some things. I mean, I, I suppose hmm. 30 minutes after sunset, your foot dragging, you're you're going in, and you have a mile to go that last mile that's past that 30 minutes that you're foot dragging, are you flying or are you on the ground? Are you on the FAR 103 or are you uh, skipping? Kiting. Right, kiting. Yeah, are you kiting? I like that. Motor kiting. There you go. I, I would say it's a gray area that you don't want to be the first one to test it in court. Well, I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you that somewhere that the school that I know of, the teacher will tell you that he flew at like 11 o'clock at night. Well, he didn't fly. I take that back. He didn't fly. He foot dragged. And the next morning, you could see the entire length of his foot never came off the ground. And he went down, came back, and we took the whole, the golf cart and did the whole thing. And his foot never came off the ground. Drug his foot the entire time was, I don't care what you call it, he was flying. <laughs> but his foot never, he was still on the ground. <laughs> So yeah, so that gray area, right? So there you go, Tommy. Um, after sunset, if you're still, um, you know, foot dragging, and I don't know, I suppose if it's on your land and no one sees you and you're not recording and your foot's on the ground. Wow. I have some acreage. That's that's a possibility. Then I'm gonna have some acreage. I, I just, it's just something that's on my list. I know that I've. I've gone camping enough to know that, you know, you turn a light on and you can't see anything. You turn it off on a full moon night, especially with no city lights around. It's, it's amazing. It's something yep. that's on my list I'd like to do. If I have to go to Mexico to do it, I have to go to Mexico to do it. We have some few regulations over here. And one of the things that they say is if you're going to fly, make sure that you're down after, you know, 30 minutes after sunset, you know, don't throw things off your paramotor and hit anybody, you know, don't fly over cattle and, and bother people and, and uh, livestock. You know, and then go out and do whatever the hell you want. I mean, I don't want to put up by flying, you know, more than a half an hour after sunrise or before sunrise. I don't want to mess it up. Has anybody ever done this? Because we're, we're talking about flying in dark. And uh, basically, what, one thing AJ Goen says that he loves to do, one of my instructors at Aviator, and I have yet to do this, is, you know, you can fly 30 minutes before sunrise. And uh, basically, 30 minutes before sunrise is still – pretty doggone dark out mm -hmm. but if you're at a place with an airport we have runway lights or something legally you can take off while it's still just about dark 30 minutes before sunrise 
<clears throat> and he just he'd just climb out for like 10 minutes and just you know climb to several thousand feet and kill his engine you know go to several thousand feet you know five thousand feet kill your engine that's and just not, watch, that's watch, watch watch the, watch the sun come up. 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after you're only allowed to fly in g airspace which goes up to uh, 1200 feet if you go with a stroke that's visible three miles right so a couple thousand feet is legal before and after sunset in your 30 minute window you have to be in g airspace you can't go into he he is over uh, 1200 feet why did it say over 1200 feet maybe maybe i was misunderstood um no i mean i think i think he goes up to like four or five thousand feet and so, uh g so airspace all, goes at high places so we were all talking about checking your wingtips, this and that, your wings, your your doors, your roads, your brakes, clear to pulley. Have you have you set up a wing thirty minutes before sun sunrise and and uh, hooked in and decided to take off because you can barely see any of that crap. Just so you know, where where yeah, I yeah, it's is, tough. I so mean, you're, yeah, you you you're using a headlamp and, and whatnot. Yeah, and no. mosquitoes are out in full force and there's no wind and yeah. I mean, it's not easy, but you know, you know, somebody with experience could do it. No, the no wind doesn't bother me. Um, it's the challenge uh, not, accepted. Not, not being able to see, uh, my wingtips, the lines, see if they're crossed, a lines, make sure they're, you know, on top of everything else. And all that's hard to see at, at 30 minutes before the sun comes up. Unless oh, a like, like I said, though, we're, we're using a headlamp and, you know, get things set up. So, right. It, I mean, it's, you it's doable. vehicles there. Turn on, turn on some headlights, you know, set up your wing, turn on the headlights, check your lines, get everything laid out the way you want to. Whose who's video are we watching? <clears throat> is that Mark or who is this? Yeah, this is our guest, yeah, Mark. Yeah, that's, that's actually, uh, that's the first flight I took after my crash. Was that out of your yard, Mark? Uh, no, that's out of that's uh, by an elementary school close to our house. Okay. Mark, Mark said he wanted a tighter uh, takeoff area, so he moved from his house over to this gigantic field. So look, he's so, playing. Uh, he, he needed to get him a dose of crack after that broken prop, so he went and got him some Class G cloud surfing. And look, he's flying over a cemetery. Yeah, there's some low clouds. Things. Look at those low hanging clouds. Wow. Those those aren't clouds. That's visible moisture. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, they're not. They, they only become clouds when you can't see through them. If you can see through it, it's just visible moisture. Interesting. Yeah, we we had to uh, we had to wait around about thirty minutes standing there waiting on like a morning fog to burn off before we, we uh, took off. Linda. See, that's, that's where I utilize that time to rip around with that foot drag everyone was talking about. Because hey. <clears throat> if it's foggy, yeah, the, like the that, foot, that means everything below that fog layer is just butter. Hey, real quick. Um, with, with talking about safety and, and all this stuff, we, when we go to fly-ins, um, certain certain uh, fly-ins, you're not allowed to have certain types of generators unless they're like you know really quiet. Um, Jeff Dean is in the uh, chat there. He was talking about getting a generator like the one I got. I just got that Predator 3500. 
that thing is whisper quiet, dude. I could have it in this room and have this conversation with you guys, and I think it's pretty nice. The new Honda propane-powered Ultra Quiet is super nice as well. Yes, if you want to spend how much? thousand bucks. I didn't. I mean, yeah. these people can afford $12,000 worth of paramotor gear. I think they can afford a generator. I could barely. Well, well, dude, it took me eight, eight weeks to get up the $18 I was short for stripping um, to buy this generator. <laughs> <laughs> you say eight inches or $18? There's no eight inches. <laughs> I have I mean, to agree with Shane, man. Those, those predators are super quiet. I mean, I've got a Honda EU 3000 and uh, I've heard it beside a predator and you know, they're, they're within a decibel. They're pretty close. I, I have and a loud uh, Harbor Freight $89 uh, generator. You're the guy. I'm the guy, but I don't bring any. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you, Grandpa. No, when I, I go places, I'm quiet. I, wow. I, I like Pablo. Wow. <laughs> Just no. real, uh, real, quick, real uh, quick critique here. Pablo uh, is going straight for those power lines. He's low to the ground. What happened to the, the rest of this uh, launch? Yeah, it was. It turned out fine, but yeah, that's uh, that's headed at trouble. <laughs> yeah, just uh, by the time he climbs right out, here. he has no. Yeah, he has no outs when he climbs out either. I would have recorded our um, my my last uh, um, flight of this little tiny rink bank <laughs> full of uh, trees and hills, trying to climb out. I had to once I launched, I had to like make a tight turn. And I was just in a basically an upward spiral trying to get out of this little area. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> that was that was pretty pretty intense. That's the sketchiest. I've had some pretty sketchy uh, takes off and takeoffs and launches and landings, but this was uh, this was the craziest. All your clients, all your clients are That gives me so much more confidence, though, that we both got out of there. We both landed there with zero issue. That that's, was, why, that's why I can't wait to go find something when we go XE. Um, I know I can, like, you know, drop in and, uh, you know, drop in and on a dime in a, like in a pool. Well, not in a pool. That's, oh, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that would be interesting <laughs> to land in somebody's pool. A non-pool. Oh. <laughs> so what's this butter error i always see people talk about that now no bumps butter when, when it's absolutely smooth when you let go I, of everything and you feel nothing but pure smoothness butter smooth smooth as butter the stuff that your son flies, it's the opposite of that stuff. <laughs> the exact opposite, yes. The, the what he's is doing is he is trying to find the bumpiest air to get him into the air. He's using those bumps to get lift. What we're talking about is air that you can take your hands off and have your tea and not worry about spilling a drop. Yep. Mm. Or, that, use this. Could be with or a 15 mile an hour sounds. wind. It's just laminar. Yeah, yeah. Who's this that just landed, Mark? Uh, that's a friend of mine named Gavin. With the gin card. Right on. Yeah, when you get that's butter a, air. A falcon. You, is that a falcon? Solid C. 
When you get butter air, that's foot dragging nonstop is what that is. Good old foot nice. <clears throat> My favorite things to do now. And I swore when I first started, I was just going to be the guy that flies at 2,000 feet and doesn't do nothing. Now. Now, look at you, Grandpa. Yanking and banking. Yeah. Dude, I'm so confused. I'm, <laughs> I am so confused with the landing landing under power thing. I fly with a guy that, that lands under power. It's everything I was taught not to do. And I watch I watch Sean. I watch Sean. He he's foot dragging the entire time and then decides, oh now I'm gonna land and just lands. How does he how's that even possible? I take my finger off the throttle and I drop fifteen feet right away. Because I pull because my feet are down and I pull brake and um I let off the uh the the throttle all at the same time. It's, it don't make sense. You need to also you need flying a good into a steady wind. You, yeah, you need a good training hill for that. You need a good training hill and know where your stall point's at. Know, know how much brake you can pull you and how much wind you have. Course. What you, there you go, Shane. Once you go through the SIV course, um, it's, it's really good because you know what your wing can do. Right. That's what I'm waiting on. The biggest way to learn how to do it, Shane, is learn <laughs> how to do foot drag landings. And I don't mean I, that I, as a joke. I mean that no, seriously. So, I was actually doing in, that in school. Yeah, so you build up all of your speed, and then you come in, and then you foot drag all the way to the point where you run it out. It's Oof. the exact. It's the exact same technique. The only difference is instead of building speed with the wing, you fly at trim speed off the ground, and as you let off the throttle, instead of letting yourself sink, you just apply the brakes. And that way, you don't have a lot of um, you know oomph on your back either, because you know all you're doing is you're sliding in. And what I try to do is I try to uh, bend my knees and get my um, my frame as close to oh uh, uh, as close to the um, to the ground as possible. That way, as I'm slowing down, all I do is I kind of like hold on to my brake to give me that little bit of oomph to 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 stand up and walk. So I mean, there's like no pressure on my knees, my back, or anything. I mean, it, it's the it's better than coming in like a butterfly. It, it's just so comfortable. I, I just don't want to land any other way. And the coolest landing that I've had. Spot land, amazingly. You can just foot dragging right to where you want to go, let off that throttle, pull some brake, and you're just, there you are. I wasn't taught that way. It's, it's so foreign to me. It really no, is. Like, not, but like Jeff, like Jeff says, and I agree with him, so, like, in the picture of my background right here, I'm flying an 18-meter comp wing. You kind of have to foot drag land the wing once you get that much performance in it because the way that they dive, the way they're ground hungry, you can't come in and land them like a traditional landing. You have to bring in all the energy, foot drag a little bit, and then jog it out. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just more of a technique. As you so is it no longer drop? Go ahead. Is it no longer hands up, throttle off at that point with that type of wing? No, it's a, you still you can still dive it in the same way. It's just if if you're flying say a twenty five meter spider, and you go hands up, you're gonna glide, call it three hundred meters from a hundred feet high. On a C wing or a D wing, you're gonna fly seventy five meters at five knots faster or seven knots faster. 
So it's a little bit shorter of a flight and a little bit more speed. So as you come in, your transition has, you have to utilize the energy better. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I came in one time with my uh, trimmers all the way out, forgot to pull those in. Woo. Wow. That was fun. No, they're just more dynamic as, as you grow through the wing phases, the wings become more and more dynamic, the more dynamic they become, the more energy management and finesse the wing requires, but equally less brake pressure like this wing behind me, literally, it's this much pressure to make it do whatever I want to do. I don't have to go pulling big movements. I literally take two fingers and pull them in or let them out. And those two fingers is enough to make me do heading changes all day long without even thinking about it. If I go brakes, if I start pulling brakes, I start going 90 degrees or barrel rolls or all kinds of fun stuff that's not just flat level flight. All right, since my wife doesn't watch any of my YouTube stuff, I want to learn <laughs> barrel rolls at the SIV. I'm not allowed to do any acro at all. I promised. I even had <clears> to <throat> pinky swear. Start start with wing overs and do a sat first. Oh, I will. Tell, An I tell Andrew you want to do a sat. After you do a sat, then decide if you want to do wing over or do a barrel rolls. I watch barrel rolls all the time. They're so freaking <laughs> amazing. I want to do it yeah, so bad. Really hard if you're not. Well, on if you do, wing. if you do a barrel roll on your twenty-five meter link two, it's going to be twenty-seven. You, whatever <laughs> you did about four big wing overs to get it started, and then went full throttle. Basically stalled one half of your wing, shit your pants, right. and came out the other side naked. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't doable, but it's going to no. take a hell of a lot more I would never than get... a wing like this. No. This thing, it will roll right over. You don't even barely have to ask it to do it. Add throttle, right. pull brake, it'll just roll right over. A bigger wing like that is so docile, you can get really big, fun wing overs out of it. But being able to barrel roll, it's going to take a lot of commitment. No, I know. I, I would never be able to with this wing. I'd have to unbuckle and, and hang from one side to the other and run back and forth to get it to roll over. But <laughs> I do want to know. I do want to know what I can get out of this wing. I want to know if I start literally pulling brake to one side in a, in a, in a barrel roll, I mean in a, uh, in a wing over, and I'm burying brakes – you know, one at a time on each side. What you, what what happens? What are you what are you flying though? What are you flying? Hey the John, did you see my uh, my text real quick in the chat? My, Go ahead. It's, it's the Nuvik uh, Link Two, twenty seven meter. Oh yes, um, we we are still in the after show. It's uh, nine o'clock. It's actually after nine o'clock. Um, Mark has been here in the after show and just uh, enjoying uh, us. Um, Mark, is there anything that you wanted to, to say um, before we, uh, before we um, get off all of our live uh, streams and everything? I just, I appreciate y'all having me on. I appreciate your show. And uh, hopefully somebody will not have to go through what I went through. You know, uh, maybe it'll help them out. Absolutely. Well Thank you for sharing the experience with everyone. You know, like I was saying, this yeah. is, I think the community is a better place when we uh, share experiences like this because, you know, nobody's pointing and laughing and saying, uh, you know, it's, we can all learn from this and uh, how to avoid uh, situations like this in the future. 
It's yeah, too thank too. you, Mark. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mark. No, yeah, none thank of us you all for yet. having me. And didn't even realize it was Yeah, that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we just time flies, yeah. And of course, time flies. more than welcome to stay, but if you need an out, you know. Yeah, if you want to go. If you don't want to go, you can stay. JP, well, sorry you I'm have to go, sir. I'm actually, I'm actually going to go and go back to work. <laughs> All right. All right. See, Mark. you took out from his work schedule for us. Thank you so much, man. That's yeah, what I got. appreciate yeah. it, Mark. That's awesome. All don't right. Forget to, I'll don't see you forget guys to tip around your strippers. Thank you very much. Hey, you're hey, welcome on the show you. anytime, Mark. Last day, right, brother. Thank you. I didn't even realize it was after nine o'clock. My gosh, this is so yeah, funny. So, one quick question, man. I hear y'all keep talking about wing overs and barrel rolls and stuff. So out of No, the Brian, no. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> your your foot isn't even healed yet. <laughs> How many of you wanna do hey. acro? I mean Brian does, does everybody was here kind of wanna do acro or or the not more really? you fly, Brian, it's like a moth to the flame. Like <laughs> Brian okay. was confused. I'll say, I'll say this. I've I've been through two SIVs now. I can comfortably and confidently say I can do wingovers as good as most people can do wingovers. I can do barrel rolls. I can do a sat. I generally don't do any of it other than some wingovers from time to time. The whole point for me is having fun. When you start committing yourself to a level of sats and barrel rolls and those kinds of dynamic things, you're signing a contract with the devil. And I mean that seriousness. You literally sign a contract with the devil that says, I'm accepting my fate today and I'm going to go dance with you. And sometimes the dance with the devil is fun, but occasionally that dance can get you hurt or killed. And when you start getting above your wing, you start getting into the territory of getting gift wrapped. That's the most dangerous yeah. thing in this sport besides drowning. Once, <laughs> once you're gift wrapped, the reserve is pointless. It does nothing. It can't come out because the wing is wrapped around you. So the commitment level to doing those kind of activities for some, they're willing to make that deal. They're willing to go and do that stuff. I mean, one of my favorite pilots, she's a woman, which is even more awesome, is Leah Catullo. If you go to yeah. the USIV, you'll meet Leah. Love, she yeah. is not only a girl. killer human being, but she is a fantastic pilot. And you'll see it in her personality. She is an outgoing, outright, 100%, wide open throttle, 100 octane kind of person. And it's awesome. I'm not that, I'm not that person. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm humble enough to admit that I'm not that person. I revolve on the door of doing it again tomorrow every time. If there's another day to fly, I want to be the one to go fly it. So I make, mitigate the risks. I don't go fly over the lake and chase the boats. I stay really near shore. I don't go and seek out anything that's going to get me hurt. I did for a long time. When I started through my flying career, I thought being the best pilot meant being the guy that could do the big wing overs, the guy that could do sats, the guy that could do barrel rolls. And it's, in my opinion, it's what I call that Kodak courage. I was trying to seek out that approval to tell someone I was better than you because I can do these things. Kind of like watching a Dell video. I can do fucking 18 figure eights. I'm the best pilot in the world. 
the reality is the best pilot in the world is the smart guy who knows when to be humble. Yeah. That's the best pilot. That's my opinion. If, if you doesn't kick birds. Well, yeah, (laughs) but if you don't feel, (laughs) you know, if you're not feeling it and this is one of those things, like we always let pride kind of get the better of us, but if you're not feeling it, there's no reason to push it. There's no rule that says we have to fly today. No. And and who was it that said, uh, there was, I think it was Santa Croce said, uh, don't be the guy that says, hey, you know, watch how big my wingovers are. Watch how, you know, let me do this wingtip drag. Be the guy, hey, watch how good I am at making decisions. Be that guy. Exactly. That's exactly right. When it, when it comes it's, to it's doing being it. able to make the right decisions to know when to go, when not to go, what's a good cycle, what's a bad cycle looking out on the horizon and knowing that weather is inbound and I could get away with a 20 minute flight. Is it worth it? Do I have to land in the street in the middle of my subdivision to run into the garage and get my gear out of the rain before it comes through with a 30 knot gust front? I mean, I don't know if you guys saw on Facebook, but that literally just happened like two days ago. Yeah, we saw it. It kind of looked like the gust front that uh, Tommy and I were trying to fly away from. So, you know, was it awesome that he landed in the street in front of his house? Yes, that was rad. Do I want to land on the street in front of my house? Absolutely. Is it the smart smart decision to make those is the the real question. Is it smart to take off in those conditions? Is it smart to have to make an emergency landing in front of your house? Those are what we would call smart decisions. But was it an emergency landing? Oh, Technically, Wait, wait. He was forced. No, no, no. He was forced to land due to weather. That is technically an emergency landing. Yeah, but he was over his house. He didn't take off from his house. Any forced landing is technically an emergency landing. So if your engine goes out, it's an emergency landing. Anytime something. Oh, Kevin wasn't here for this. He wasn't here for this last week. That's right. This is why we need the instructor. Any landing that is a forced landing is considered an emergency. Yeah, you don't have a choice. You're going down. Emergency is a sliding scale. Emergency can be something as small as I turn my engine off because I didn't like that noise. Emergency could be something big like my engine quit working. Those are two very different emergencies, but yet they're still both emergencies. So anytime that you don't have the choice is an emergency. That's what I said. Get that guy on our show, Kevin. Have a car on our show next week. Okay. I'll have to seek him out. The one who landed in the street. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I I might be able to get the couch guy on the show. I want, I want anyone's interested. Yeah. Do it. If you can get that's couch man. Yeah. I, don't know. I have so many questions about that. I have so yeah. many man. <laughs> I've that, that would be been freaking awesome. messaging with him. So. Oh, right. I, I've heard a lot of rumors, and I would really like to get answers to the rumors more so. If you listening. have questions, I might be able to answer them because I talked to him a little bit. The well, reserve. I was told that he put over a hundred hours into the freaking contraption itself—the base, the, the 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 metal framing, the, the couch. The yeah, TV, he welded a base. He put a car battery in it. Um, yeah, you can see at the end of the clip, he has a little bit of a montage of him building it. like it was it was well thought out is my point it wasn't on yeah and he's an instructor he's an instructor uh does tandems over that area 
Like he like freaking lives there. So he is familiar with the, everyone's like, well, what if a guest does this? And what if that, like, he knows those conditions, like, no you know, it, there you go. PPG is, grandpa, is it, come on, let him JP get him on the show. I mean, is our goal to still get relatively new pilots to show their experiences or, or we yeah, got that that does this because think about it, you know, you have new, new, new people, right. And they're like, look at this. He strapped around uh, something around his, uh, his couch and he went flying. I want to do that. So we need someone on there that says, no, 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 no. Look, I put a hundred hours into this. This has been hang tested. This has been this, whatever, whatever. Right. And I've been instructing. I've been doing this. I've been flying this area. Don't just strap something on uh, your 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 couch and and jump off the. the <laughs> it, it won't work. The only the only he's thing is a uh, big umbrella. The calculated risk. He's he's from uh, Turkey, so I have no idea what time of day it is when we do our show Turkey. in Turkey. It might be the yeah, middle of the night for him. The hump on the camel's back. <laughs> we, we we will do we will do a show like this that's not live streamed, and then we will. Um, do a premiere on it if 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 we have to. We're gonna meet, meet, meet. Yeah, we can pre-record it. Okay. I will tell you, I will tell you right now. Somebody um, asked me what this show was based on, and I said it was based on new pilots, accidents, things we can learn from. And then we had on the fifty state guy uh, last week, and they were literally like, "That guy's been on every show. Why are you?" Re- doing his show again or doing a show with him i thought it was new i thought it was supposed to be about new pilots this and that and i agree i i thought that's what we were doing that's just my opinion i mean if we're if that's the route we're going i just if we i think we should if we find a new guy that tries to strap on a couch and jump off a mountain we're going to get him on and then we're going to get the real couch guy and uh <laughs> and figure out what what happened what wrong Dueling Challenge accepted. Let's call that episode Love, <laughs> <dual> love Seats. <laughs> Tom, said challenge accepted. I, I think the real challenge here is to uh, strap a paramotor to the back of a couch because really that was a paragliding video. So, so would it be a power uh, recliner at that point? Power, yes. Power lazy boy, really. I'm thinking we should do something like that because instead of speed like, bar, you you kick out the uh, leg rest, you know. <laughs> know instead I mean? of speed bar, you put out a cheese spread. <laughs> that's the that's the cook, roll, right? I mean, you gotta, just, you gotta fly up. You gotta fly up next to your homeboy and then roll the window down and be like, "Excuse me, do you have any grapes, <laughs> Or go through drive through with the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get, you know, you to do this, you're gonna have to put wheels on the bottom of it. So when you're done, you have to make it steerable. That way, you can just like fan That's yourself what dude for did. a drive through. Yeah, he had little casters on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like so basically, John, you take a trike. John Wayne has a great comment though. Any moron who's gonna be dumb enough to just try to copy that guy with the couch is gonna be dumb enough to not care what we have to say about it. Yeah. Long Which would be the guy that'll be on our show next on if he lives. <laughs> yeah. What if the guy does it on a couch, hits a hay bale, and th- wait a minute. Oh wait. Wait Hold a minute. On. In there, done that. <laughs> but in a cat on a couch? No. It's a flying butt chair. Then he'd have to oscillate. Then he'd have to oscillate, land on the right hand side, sending his prop through the wind. Oh, there you go. 
Man, I did have a crappy takeoff this weekend. Man. No no wind. I bring the wing up, go to full throttle, and it just takes a hard left into the ditch with tall grass. Oh, that was fun. Any damage? No, no, no. I I I hit a little break, kind of bounced over the uh the, the tall grass in the uh in the ditch and then got my wing under control again and just continued with full throttle and took off. That didn't mean I, I didn't have 72 different types of bugs on my legs from all the tall grass that I was running through. But yeah, they were parachute pants, parachute pants. Yes. Parachute pants. That's right. I love that. I'm leaving you guys now. All right. Thank you, cheerleader. (laughs) So you guys be watching Facebook like I do, and we're going to find these new pilots, you know, get them on the show. If uh, Yeah, Linda, I really like that video you posted of that guy landing in his neighborhood. That was, that was, that was interesting. It would be nice to get. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I still have the, uh, the, one-legged gentleman that I I uh, watched yeah. go through training. His name is Eric, and, okay. and he was he was a maybe for being on the show. Okay. Okay. There you go. You talk yeah. to him, Grandpa. Anybody I, out there? I got a couple there, guys on the show already, so you guys take do what you gotta do. Anybody out there that has somebody somebody that they want on the show or want to be on the show? Uh, just email ppggrandpa at gmail.com and let me know, and we'll get you there. Linda, thank you so much for being on the panel tonight. We love you. Love you, too. Out. You guys be safe, okay, from all that. Thanks for cheering us on, Linda. Oh, Thanks, Linda. Linda. All right. And uh, let's see. Well, we got Wednesday, and then we got Thursday. What's sure. Thursday? <laughs> Thursday. So, Thursday, Thursday. Yep. Paragliding talk. Dot com. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Forget it. All right, guys. I'll see you on Facebook. <laughs> All right. Sean, Sean, I do have a good idea. Um, why don't we get, you know, you went out to the sod farm the other week. I know uh, Juan Carlos had a few toes with the scooter. There's a few other people that are brand spanking new. It might be good to get somebody on here. And the panel just puts on mute and let let people answer questions to somebody that's in training, kiting, and has not flown yet. You know, there's a lot of questions that we've had that we don't don't even think about. Like, what's a lee side? You know, I mean, there's so what's many questions what? that I had. A lee side I, of a mountain. I still don't know. Oh, lee side. Okay, lee side. Okay, yeah. I don't know lee side. Yeah. I don't know the other side. I don't know what that means. And you know, I'm gonna need to know in January. <laughs> well, I can I can explain that one very simple to you. So if you look at a, a wall and the wind is blowing from one direction to the other, the side that the wind hits is the windward side, and the side on the back where the rotor develops is the lee side. So you have windward and lee. So that's why I took that collapse over the uh, Two Rivers Park chain. Because I uh, decided that I was going to, or Sean, because I decided I was going to fly on the lee side of a mountain. Yes. You, I mean, I, to me, that was just another step. I mean, learning to fly at beaches and learning to fly at mountains, that was like more training that you needed, in my opinion, you know? And that's for the sure. Basic, that's, the mean, basic no. rule of thumb is rotor travels one mile per thousand feet. 
So if you have a 3,000 foot mountain, you either need to be three miles behind it or well above it. 30% above it, correct? Uh, as long as you're not in the rotor. It climbs over. It also and depends on. Yeah, it also depends on wind speed. You know, five miles per hour wind, the lead side's going to, you know, that rotor's going to be a lot shorter. You got 20 miles per hour, then it's going to elongate that that area you don't want to be in. Well, think of think of as like electricity. The the volume doesn't change, it's the intensity. So if you go into the lee side in 5 miles an hour worth of rotor, you're still going to be flying in rotor. If you go into the lee side in 20 miles an hour worth of rotor, it's still rotor. It's just intensified. So it the it's like think of like a river really wide river flowing a million gallons a minute versus a really narrow river flowing a million gallons a minute it's still the same million gallons you're compressing it so as the wind speed picks up the compression waves build up so as it tumbles you get a rolling effect and that's what they call mountain wave and so the mountain waves start piling up on each other and glider pilots will actually use those mountain waves for lift because as the wind rolls, it has to climb. They get on the front side of it and they ride it just like a surfer rides a wave. Cool. That's why it's called a mountain wave. So if you got rolling mountains, mountain behind a mountain behind a mountain, how the hell do you get on the uh, front side of that? Climb. climb. You got to get through it, though. <laughs> as long as you keep the wing pressurized it might be a rough uncomfortable ride but it'll still continue to fly right. the biggest thing to the wing is pressure it'll fly I'm, through rotor it just won't feel good i am going in january to tennessee it's going to be cold yes i know but i plan to fly out of the back of our uh, uh airbnb it's huge uh, field in the backyard but it's on the back hills or back side of a big hill or a mountain so I don't know which side is which. I'll need to know this Sean, stuff before uh, I take off there. Sean and I's last two flights were in areas that had a lot of ridges. And, you know, they're only like 200-foot tall ridges. But you'd be really surprised on how much, once you get up, you know, 1,200, 1,300 feet, smooth as could be. Yeah. You drop below that, and all those ridges are just there. They are throwing up, you know, it was smooth nights. But you could definitely tell that those ridges were putting off wind and right well the ground everything at the ground creates parasitic drag so rolling terrain trees mountains houses anything that protrudes from flat level surface is going to give you parasitic drag so that's why a lot of times if the wind is blowing at say 20 at, at a thousand feet you can drop down to a hundred and still be able to penetrate because that parasitic drag will slow the wind down at surface level. Okay. Just bumpy, bumpy. <laughs> Good bumpy. Hey, um, Tommy. So this guy right here um, is a new pilot. He uh, just started, I was out there uh, talking with him. Uh, this was his second time out there and I did a little interview with him. So if y'all, wanted to take a look listen to what we talked about uh, I think this might be a, a good person that we can put on the show next week and uh, talk about that would be great you want to do that I mean, just 
I think it'd be exciting just for the, the person that's getting interviewed too. Like the questions that I had, you know, I, good night. It's hard to remember them all. So if you can get a hold of them, tell them, hey, man, this week, take notes. Next Monday, have a list of notes of things you have questions about. Those oh, are the stupidest questions. Idea. That's a good idea. I like that. I had the stupidest questions like, all right, well, uh, my first wing, I want to be a, you know, 18 meter wing. I, you know, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I didn't realize, you know, you can get a motor wing. That's, you know, a shit hot wing with a motor. You take it to the mountain and it does nothing. It doesn't find lift. You know, you get a wing for the mountain, which is what I did. And you put it on a motor and PPG grandpa has to pull his trims all the way in and pull half brake just to, just to <laughs> slow down enough for me to keep up with full speed bar. So. <laughs> hey, hey guys, I got a bell on y'all, man. Oh, you said bell. Hey. That's my new catchphrase. <laughs> I got a bell. Hey, somebody yeah, needs to like make that really shirt that says I got that's a bell. Funny. Yeah, no. you, need a, you, you need that t shirt. No, I got I gotta get up at 5 a.m. Go to physical therapy in the morning, man, and then start cutting grass and stuff. So, but once again, appreciate y'all having me on the show, and uh, you know, I enjoyed y'all's company and the chat, no doubt. I'm gonna make yes, sure a shirt. I got a bail. I got a bail. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a great. Idea. That's a great shirt idea. I got a bail. Paramotor flying through. We we can hey, all- yeah. To talk, but uh, we're going to go ahead and end all the uh, streams and everything. So, um, uh, thank you, Kevin Goodfly. We appreciate you. Thank you, Brian Waller. Never trust a skinny chef, Shane, uh, Tommy Mosley, JP Tulo, and uh, Linda Anderson. Uh, we all appreciate you very much. Did I miss anybody? I better not, or else I'm going to be in trouble. We all appreciate you, and mm-hmm. uh, peace out, everyone. We'll see you next week oh. on Paratalk. No, yeah, Paratalk. Or and uh, clearproptv.com. Hey, before we go real quick, yeah. I want to I want to show you this video. If uh, JP, if you can pull up uh, Jeff Dean's uh, paramotor crash low uh, low flying, it uh, if you go into I believe uh, twenty seconds into the video, you will see my buddy Brian, who we're going to uh, Sean. This is the guy we're going to SIV course with. He, uh, he has his brakes stowed, his trimmer's out. He's coming up on these trees, and he accelerates over them and then comes drifting down, thinking that acceleration would uh, lift him back up, and it doesn't. Oh, oh. Uh, well, it trims out. Well, he learned this. The self-pilot, uh, self-trained pilot. Um, this is the compound. This is where I fly out of. Um it's coming as soon as yeah, as soon as he heads down north. Here. It. Yeah, it's twenty seconds into it. Right here. So Brian's to the right right here. And his brakes are stowed. He's literally just going with throttle. Saw this one, yeah. And then he comes down and he goes to throttle again, but he's also going downwind. Like multiple things were wrong. Um the guy is a phenomenal pilot for being self-taught. Yeah, he this tumbles one. so many times. And you know, mm. he had, do you know he had to shut his motor off? It was still running after he got done tumbling. Yeah, I saw this video. That's unreal. Yeah, since January. I mean, actually, he broke his back 
uh, cracked a vertebrae or something. Um, but uh, super nice guy. Um, Hold on, play it, play it back one more time. I missed. Most did the four wheeler just fall off a truck? No. Oh yeah, yeah. They were doing three sixties and uh, tossed the four wheeler out of the back. Boom. Ooh. And that was with his hands fully up. No. Oh yeah. He his brakes were stowed. His his hands were in his lap. He was just going with throttle. Hmm. Downwind, trimmers out, just a whole bunch of things that were no nos and nos, and he learned. <laughs> he learned the hard way. That downwind, that downwind demon will bite you hard. I've been there. I know. Listen, I, I to this day will refuse, refuse to do anything downwind, low flying. Can't do it. But this is the guy. I watch this guy. He's the one that lands under power. He's landed on top of his smart car. He's got. A, he drives a smart car. Um, I can't oh, even land in one of these. Yeah, I can't even land in one of these fields that I pick out. It's just <laughs> I land in the area somewhere along the way. <clears throat> so but, what you yeah. got to do, Shane, is take your wing bag, lay your wing bag out, and before you kill your motor, just make two or three approaches at the wing bag until you start shallowing out and shallowing out that LZ. I have done that a hundred times and it's, I'm everywhere. I'm short. I'm long. I'm to the left. I'm to the right. I'm, I'm everywhere, dude. I don't know what it is. I'm not good at landing. Taking off a freaking phenomenal. It takes a while for you to understand, um, you know, uh, uh, altitude. Oh God! You know what it sounds like? Like honestly, what it sounds like to me is it's a lot of it's mental. It sounds like you have a complex problem with landing. Yeah, I do. I'm Mm. I'm great at landing. I just cannot. I've I have set my bag out. I have done touch and goes. I've done kill the motor at a thousand feet. Um, What is this? It's a spacer for the helix. When you the My Twenty has to have a spacer. Ginormous though. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a two and a half inch spacer. Wow. Anyways, I I uh, I I'm I will never try to BS anybody about paramotor and that what I can and can't do, and landing. I I cannot pick spot land. I can come close now. I'm doing a lot better, but I am not landing on a smart car anytime soon. I land up against it. <laughs> <laughs> It was a trailer. It wasn't a smart car. Yeah, exactly. You know it's kind of telling here? Like, I don't know. What would you call that? Foreshadowing? You see the uh, graves <laughs> to the left right here? It's voodoo, yeah, there's voodoo three. magic. Yep, there's there's, three, three uh, teenagers died in a car accident right there. Right at that there. corner. Right at that yep. corner at that intersection. And then yep. half a second later, yep. you look to your right, and dude is tumbling Whammo. over his engine. Look, you see paramotor pipe parts flying everywhere. Look at him, dude. He's just tumbles with the yeah, motor on his <laughs> oh, legs. Go over You've the ever wondered if you can PLF with a paramotor? That shows you. You can <clears> most definitely. I don't PLF understand how his feet are above his head. He well, did a front f- flip. Yeah. He did a full flip. He lands with his with his butt first, and then when his feet hook, he does a full front flip. See right there, he's scorpion, and keeps going all the way over. That's what broke his back right there. Good night. That's when you hit the ground 50 going downwind. It's not good. 
So, oh. so he, he loaded up his paramotor, drove home. His wife made him go to the emergency room and then found out he had a broke back. Damn. He's That's super nice. That little piece flying away, that was his throttle. What's that? I said that little black piece that flew away, that was his throttle. Mm. Goodness. He hit so hard he blew the throttle clean off of it. Yeah, Shane, I was under instruction when it happened, but I was really surprised on how much brake you can actually pull. I was about to overshoot an LZ, and I was really surprised on how much brake you can pull. And, and it helped me with my spot landing. You know, slowing the glider down, not just going hands up all the way in or trying to turn before I get there. You right. know, actually using a little bit of brake pressure to spot land helps a lot. I have been working on a very dangerous way of landing, and I know Kevin's going to have his uh, field day with this, but uh, I do the dolphin porpoise landing. I've been practicing that, and it's been really helping me. Come down low, throttle up to about 60 feet and then let off the throttle and go forward down into the to the ground and then kind of at the last minute you swoop in and uh, it's, a, I've been, it's, a fine, it's a fine technique as long as you don't short yourself if you yeah, short yourself, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can do the exact same thing by just doing a turn before you come in you know coming in right. crosswind and then turn it into the wind with a little bit of brake real brake pressure yeah. let one in hand up and then both hands up and you'll dive in. Yeah, the all right, guys. I got to say good night, man. I got all to right. go. Peace all out, right. man. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see y'all next week. We don't want the retiree not to get enough sleep, you know. Five hey, uh, <laughs> It's been good, right. guys, man. Y'all, y'all fly safe. Yeah, see, Brian. Brian. Ain't no, no flying so anytime soon with a hurricane. The big things that we 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 misunderstand as new pilots is when we get taught these techniques, hands up, it's all for a matter of safety. It's, it's really neglects the technique for mm -hmm. the sake of safety. So it's a bad habit to slow the glider down and run out of energy because then you don't flare, you slam in and butt land. If you flare too high and stall the glider and you fall out of the sky, it's gonna suck, you're gonna fall, it's gonna hurt. So we always, teach the students to have their hands up to let the glider fly at speed. The biggest thing that we have to take away is that finesse factor. And as we build time and we build hours and get better, our finesse grows. And then that allows us to be a whole lot smoother at what we do. And uh, I, um, let me, let me cue up this real quick. I want to show you something real, you've probably already seen it. This is um, our flight. Real quick clip. This is how the airplane came to us. You can't really miles. That's miles of separation. Are you kidding me? That 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 was the closest so far, um, as far as airplanes were concerned. Yeah, you don't want. Um, to be I had I had my uh, I had my Part ninety one instructor fly underneath me at about one third that distance. I, I had somebody fly underneath me too when we were over at Pinnacle. This is really neat too. This is where I was, uh, I wanted to show you this part. I was pulling brake to go slow. I was foot dragging the top of these trees to drop in and try to maneuver around these uh, trees and land. This is what, Welcome on. This is what Tommy said, hey, let's, let's go here and fly. So, um, Welcome to Arkansas. 
<laughs> so, so your foot dragging on top of the trees, what happens if the freaking motor dies? Well, you drop your reserve and climb down out of the tree. So you're just going to hang out for a while. Yeah, you need a. This is why you carry. Uh, this is why you carry floss. This, this is, this is, um, this is me pulling brake. So I'm going really, really super, super slow. Trims all the way in, pulling brake, so I can maneuver around these uh, treetops. So I'm like brushing my feet up against some of these leaves. And like I said, Shane, you'd be amazed on how much brake pressure you can actually pull, yeah. and then go hands up right here, gain your speed, and land. And yeah, I haven't, between, I haven't ventured uh, into that too much. I, see, sure I'd be, I, I'd be without power right now, just coming in hot as hot as I can be. I'm like, yeah, no problem, got it. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd hook a tree and be done for. So it's all good. Yeah, it was. It was. Let us help. So <laughs> this couple, uh, two weekends ago, I was flying with a guy that we just watched his video. Um, and he was behind me, and uh, dude, I was so low on the ground, across, coming across this pasture next to these trees, and a damn buck jumps up. And I'm telling you, if I didn't hit throttle and brake at the same time, we would have collided. This deer ran right at me. I don't know. He didn't obviously know where I was coming from. He just jumped up and started running, which just happened to be right at me. And uh, yeah, dude, I thought I was going to uh, get hit by a deer. That'd be oh, the first dude, time the ever. Thing. I had the same thing happen with a uh, with a uh, 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 like a new internet. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get rid of your. You gotta get Tommy. You gotta. You, you gotta get rid of your grandpa's internet. I'm flying around this little pond, uh, real smooth air, and all of a sudden, behind sorry, my headphones died, so I'm straight straight off my phone, and I work construction, so. The and there we go. All right. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> doesn't pay for internet these days. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it is like uh, c coming up. Um, I don't even know how long we've been recording. Uh, two hours and 46 minutes so far. Um, yeah, I got hours. That's I got to put the kids in the tub and get them ready for bed about now. Guys, yeah, I me too. So appreciate all of y'all. Uh, you guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for being part of the panel and part of the podcast. Um, both the streaming live and uh our audio stuff on on our podcast uh real quick jp where can we get you where, where can we find you on the internet uh i'm on youtube as jp tula uh t-u-l-o on instagram jp underscore tula um and every monday night i am on uh, paratalk.org with pbg grandpa and you can also go over and see um what is this right here? Oh, okay. Who, who's doing this one? Doing what? Who, who's, who's showing this video? I don't see a video. I don't know what you're showing. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. I don't know what happened then. What's going on? Oh, there we go. I must have hit a button. Um, sorry. And you, then, <laughs> you young whippersnappers. Oh, you're doing this technology thing. <laughs> can go over and see Kevin can fly. Kevin I was watching last week's video. Fly.com and uh, Tommy is pbgtommy.com and never trust the clip Shane. What's your dot com, dude? I don't have one yet. I need to get one so I can have me a ridiculous uh, thousand plus mm. subscribers like some other people. 
you can uh, you can also reach me directly by email at bridgecityppg.com or bridgecityppg at gmail.com for direct email. Come on, you young whippersnapper. <laughs> did I – correct me if I'm wrong, but did you save someone from selling all their gear this morning, Kevin? I, I, I did, as a matter of fact. Two, two huh. guys. Two, two someones? Okay, I thought two I – Two guys, that. one pair of motor gear. Yeah. A full Black no, Ops setup was uh, on its way out, and uh, Kevin stepped in, and two guys were like, I'm afraid to fly. And the other guy was like, I'm afraid to fly. And like, Kevin was like, well, if you guys want to learn, I can help you. And they're like, maybe we can train together. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> well, I told him, look, I said, we're, we're less than 20 minutes apart from each other geographically. I can either teach you to fly or I can help you sell your gear considering I run a school, which means I know people looking for stuff like that. So instead of using the land of people I don't know, why not use the land of people you should know? Man. All right. Well, I'm out of here, guys. Thank you. It was another great well, Monday. The yeah. warden is there. She's going to smack you around. I oh. can see it in her eyes. Look here, woman. I, I wasn't talking to you. It's all right. I was just kidding. I can do anything I want whenever I want. I just have to ask my wife first. Exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Totally appreciate you. Um, uh, we'll, we'll find another guest. Maybe uh, Maybe we can get Shane to uh, come on. Uh, Shane. Not what? Shane, but another Shane. Oh, yeah. Maybe Shane. And uh, that'll be really cool. So thank you so much, guys. And we are Audi 5000. Peace. Yeah. Peace out. Sounds like somebody broke a bunch of stuff. That's Krista. She's doing dishes. <laughs> See y'all. Thank you. That was fun. I enjoyed that. <laughs>